another episode <laughs> damn oh man <laughs> you almost died over there huh? <laughs> i feel a little sick man I'm still a little sick man that caught me boy it just my grabbed Jesus. my throat <laughs> yeah I'm, I, I'm almost i'm almost on the other side though, man. i'm feeling yeah. like how you was feeling about three weeks ago three, yeah, four weeks ago. you was you was bad bro. yeah bro i was i was you hurt was bad. Bro. i was let me tell you that, that weather switched up on me, man. It had me in a bad way, man. Yeah, my bad, y'all. Welcome to another episode, man. No sin energy. Happy to have y'all here this morning. I think it's gonna be a great one, man. We got two special guests that's no strangers. Channel, bro. You know, I really appreciate conversations like this because it just speaks to the nature of business. It speaks to the nature of consistency. Um. And the value proposition that is always going to be there. It's just, you know, business has cycles. Yeah. It has cycles. And we're going to hear about the cycles today. And you're going to learn some stuff today that I don't think many people know about. Oh, yeah. I really so I'm don't. happy you say that. You know, business has cycles. Business also has false news. And real news. Real news. Because from the outside, a lot of people may see some things, but the people that's in the inside, they happy and proof. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna we gonna figure out what's going on today. <laughs> I know for me, I thought, you know, I thought it wouldn't do in the best, man. You know, I if from my purview, if I'm being honest, based on the headlines, again, that's this is the reason why we like here on No Stingy Energy to break down the facts, right? We like to break down the facts because a lot of times the headlines, the stuff you hear about in the headlines, a lot of times it's just false news. It's clickbait. Yeah. It's clickbait. And it's negative because they, they want you to check it out. Absolutely. So we're going to break it down. Um, everything that we will share today will, won't be necessarily pretty, but it's going to be an honest uh, uh, view of the market. We have some absolute experts in the space to come and share their knowledge and wealth. And uh, I can't wait to get to it. Listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip, new construction, new to the build to rent space. Definitely excited about it. I have tons and tons of projects and opportunities that are coming that I'm vetting. Um, and, and it seems like it's getting better and better. So I'm extremely excited about that. And, uh, oh, it's on you, man. It's on you. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, people? Neil Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur, Alaska, Louisiana. Investing in real estate 2020, full-time entrepreneur. I mean, investing in real estate 2016, full-time entrepreneur 2020. 
Do all things real estate, love rentals, love passive income. And that's what I truly focus on the most, but I also do other things in real estate. Owner of Leverage to Wealth, teaching how to leverage where you are currently in your life. Get wealthy in real estate. That's me. I love it. Love it. Listen, we got some special guests that we're going to have to get up here and introduce. We yes, got my indeed. guy, Noble Crawford, in the building. What's going on, man? What's up, man? What's good, Byron? What's good, O'Neal? <laughs> Always a pleasure to join you, fellas. And then yes, we indeed. got DJ to Johnny in the building. My, my guy. guy. Airbnb yeah, expert. Uh-oh. We got a little echo. Y'all hear me all right? Can y'all hear me all right? We hear you, but it's a little bit echo. Listen, I'm going to go get my headset here in a second. But yeah, great seeing y'all. Always, always great joining. And yeah, yeah. What's going on? My guy Noble's in the building. So I see you got my guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We could definitely chop it up about it. We got, we got yeah, two legends in the short term rental space. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got some feedback from somebody. Yes, might, indeed. Might be I TJ. Think, yeah, TJ finna go get his headphones. But, uh, Noble, man, since we got you, man, we can get a start introduction, man. That'll be, that'll be a beautiful thing. Cause some, I'm sure, you know, some people know you, but not everybody may know you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, sir. So my name is Noble Crawford. I'm the co-founder of a hospitality brand based in Texas. I'm an investor, coach, consultant, been in the game, short-term rentals, mid-term rentals for since 2017. So I know a little bit um, and then have uh, since that time graduated more towards getting off platform, off of the OTAs and doing direct bookings and business like that. So super excited for the combo today. I love it. I love it. And then uh, we dropped the podcast with Noble, man, about seven months ago. So make sure y'all check that out. That was a beautiful podcast, man. You can see he, he, he making some yearly, some of y'all yearly salaries in, in one month. So <laughs> definitely need to check that out. TJ, if you can, man, slight introduction, man, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can y'all hear me? I just hope the sound is a little better. Is, is it a yeah, little yeah, better? Yeah, you're good, uh, Yeah, you're good. Fantastic. Uh, TJ Johnny, uh, Rentspreneur. I am out here in H-Town, Houston, Texas. I've uh, been in the short term space since 2017 um, as well. And yeah, hold on, my mic tripping. Uh-oh, here we go. I thought my uh, camp. All right, yeah, been, been, in the, been in the game since 2017. And, uh, and yeah, so we're, we're doing a lot of, um, a lot more boutique hotels. We're looking at boutique hotels now. Uh, we're, of course, also making strides to build businesses off platform. We love the platforms. We leverage the platforms. But we also understand that we also have to change the way we look at the platforms as well. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's 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 it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We also did a podcast with TJ. He was actually the first episode ever dropped on the channel. So make sure y'all check it out as well. Fact. So, so both of y'all started yeah. in 2017. Yeah, yes, I started in 2017 too. Oddly enough, I was, I was a year before y'all. But you know, we all good. Yeah, 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 you don't discriminate. Yeah, you know, so this is gonna be an exciting people. conversation, man. So, I guess just to start it off, what's your thoughts about you know when a lot of people say Airbnb going down and short term rentals going down? It's a bust because see a lot of headlines. I see both. I see it's doing great, and I also see stuff is doing horrible. So, you know, what's your thoughts about the combos and people saying like well, that's not the business we're getting right now? Let's go with uh, I guess let's go with Noble first. Yes, sir. So 
I'll say this. Uh, it certainly is not the same game as it was back in the day, right? Um, when, when you know, when I jumped in the platform, which I would consider early, uh, you know, for many, um, you know, you could set up a listing, you could, you know, as soon as you list your property, put some good photos up there, boom, you would get a booking. A lot of times the same day within 24 hours, right? Um, it almost didn't matter what market you were in. Nowadays, it's completely different, right? And so a lot of people are um, complaining and experience what they consider like saturation, right? Um, the reality is, is that you have to deliver a dope experience um, to stay relevant in today's space. And that starts with the property itself, right? So you can't just throw anything vanilla up on the platform and expect it to perform. Um, you, you, you have to come with the design, you have to come with the photos, you have to come with the guest experience from inquiry to checkout, right? Um, you have to deliver at every interval in every stage. And, uh, if you don't, you won't be relevant enough to, um, you know, to get those five-star reviews to stay top of mind, you know, for the algorithm to kick in and promote your listing and all of those different things, right? So it certainly uh, has transitioned to a space, in my opinion, where the cream rises to the top and those uh, operators that are operating at, a, at, a, at another level are going to reap the benefits of that. And so people that are getting in the space now, there's still a lot to um, take advantage of even today um but you have to you have to be at a whole nother level you have to elevate your game that's my that's my opinion mm. what's your take on that tj i think that's a fair opinion i think you're muted <laughs> i am muted my bad oh shoot uh now noble hit the, the nail on the head um you know what he's what he was alluding to was the fact that times have changed uh, and with time changes means expectations have also changed. When I got into this game 2017 as well, you could have picked up a couch off the street and made money on Airbnb. I mean, it was it was that easy because Airbnb was so new. It was still such the thing to do at the time. And uh, it hadn't even taken the market placement that it has now. I mean, heck, at that time, Airbnb wasn't even a public traded business at the time uh, when we got started. So now what we're seeing now it's like since expectations have changed and you even saw uh last year airbnb went viral because uh there was there was news about houses and even mansions sitting vacant uh it, there was another viral situation about airbnb in 2022 about some similar but at the same time airbnb poised their actual best year last year they did 12 percent better uh, last year mm. they did in 2022, but yet still Airbnb is still slowing down and houses sit on the market. And so those two kind of contradict each other, right? And so what you're seeing and what's actually happening is that for one, it's a little bit misleading. Uh, what they're talking about um, is is when they, when, they, when they put out news like that, they're talking about RevPAR, revenue per available room. They're not necessarily talking about, because what happens is even though Airbnb has increased revenue year over year, but when you have an increase, if, if a 12% increase in Airbnb is combated by a 30, 40% increase in hosts and people entering the game, then it's just, that's what's more so happening. The saturation is going to happen. You're going to see all that, all that happening. And so between 2020 and 2022, the number of listings in the Airbnb platform increased by 60%. That's a lot hey. more listings. People just coming on a platform. And the truth is, unfortunately, most of them suck. <laughs> They're not necessarily good hosts. And that's why I'm saying there's a lot of hosts on the platform, but we are short of good hosts. And why I say that is because the bigger tragedy in Airbnb is not even it's slowing down. The bigger tragedy is not uh, uh, slowing down in, in this market. You're seeing houses sitting vacant. 
the biggest tragedy to me and my, what I'm saying is the fact that people leave Airbnb and we lose them to hotels because of the inconsistency with Airbnb. And I said this, and I've been preaching this for the last year. Hotels have us beat on one thing, the consistency. If I book a Hilton or a Holiday Inn or a Hampton Inn in Houston, it's the same Hilton, Holiday Inn or Hampton Inn in Phoenix, Arizona, in Dallas, in Milwaukee. Why? Because they have a system, they have standards, and they are consistent across the board. So most people would rather a 7 out of 10 experience consistently than a 8 out of 10 with this host, 2 out of 10 with this host, 5 out of 10 with this host. And so when they have these kind of inconsistent, bad experiences mixed in, then they say, you know what, I'm going to stay at a hotel. And most likely when we lose a guest to a hotel, we're not getting them back on Airbnb. To me, this is the biggest tragedy facing the short-term rental industry right now is the fact that it's, 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 the, it's the hosts that are, that are not competent enough. And just like Noble said, in order for you to be successful in this business right now, you need to understand that it's beyond just providing a stay. Matter of fact, what what was working very, very well, you get your one nice one-bedroom apartment. Matter of fact, go go to Ross, Target. I mean, soup it up with the nice stuff. I mean, Marshalls, Ross, Home Goods, um, nice stuff. And you will still find that your listing is probably struggling to still stay booked. Why? Why? Because you're just providing a stay. You're not even thinking about oh. who exactly you are serving. You're not even thinking about what kind of amenities. You can literally, right now, you can go online you can do it manually or you can use a site like Rank Breeze right now and go online and see what are the top performing listings in your area right now. Who is killing it? Who is in the top 20 percentile? And see what they have and see what you don't have. All right, they're killing it because they're doing this. Look what the reviews have to say. Dang, people got to say this about this. I like this. I'm not doing this. It could literally be that simple, but it's not easy. That's the thing. Simple, but yet not easy at the same time. And that's why most hosts struggle in this game right now. And some are getting all the bookings while the bottom 50 is struggling for scraps. So I got how a do we explain you know, this? I got a quick question. Be quick. Because yeah. they mentioned it a few times. So what makes a good host and a horrible host? Because it sounds like, you know, 20% of the host is really making all the money. So what is the separation between the two? Because a lot of people on the show feel like they're a great host. Yeah. Like data shows yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know what's crazy? And when I say a great host, too, and, and you said that right, too, a lot of people believe that they're great hosts. And it's not that they're not. They're good hosts. They're actually great hosts. It's just that they're just focused on the wrong things, right? You could be great focusing on the wrong things. Um, and that can still not serve your business the way it should serve your business. Like providing a great state, yes, they need somewhere to lay their heads. But man, what will they experience while they're there? What exactly? That's everything. I just did a uh, that's every so I, I was in I was in Nashville, Tennessee because we spoke at Noble and I both spoke at the SDR Wealth Conference in Nashville. While I was in Nashville, I kicked it with my guy Abram. I don't know if y'all know Abram, the developer out there in yeah. Nashville, um, killing it out there. And so he just developed yeah, yeah, even from Louisiana. He just developed his first, he did a build to rent situation, but it's a build to rent to STR. It's a build to STR situation. Wow. Two very nice uh, properties, uh, two one. duplexes, each uh, big ones, three, two. Each unit is like 2,200 square feet. Nice property. Uh, one is actually a three bedroom, the other one's a four bedroom, even. And uh, we went, we toured it, we toured everything. And he was asking me, like, what kind of amenities, man? What what would make this thing? You know what I'm saying? And so we we were looking at what other, matter of fact, because in his community, there were other listings literally directly across from him, like right across. Let's see what they got going on. 
right? We're looking at everything. All right, well, how can we blow this thing out the water? How can we actually perform? And he said, man, and, I, and we're looking at, and we're, we're at one of his top balconies. He has a nice view of the downtown area. He said, man, so I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about doing this. He said, what would you do? I said, put a jacuzzi up here. Put a jacuzzi You're up crazy, here no. with these with these views. <laughs> See, here's the thing. <laughs> it's a bigger investment. And we actually did the math. So we did the math and we looked at it based on what people book because people will pay more for pools and jacuzzis and the minis that they want that are actually searchable when they can say, hey, who has this? Who has this? And they, people are willing to pay more for that. And so we were looking at everything and he, he would probably make that money back from a jacuzzi in about eight months, six to eight months, just in, just in additional revenue, an additional revenue, right? And so, but now he's standing out. Now he's actually setting himself apart. Now he's actually um, um, able to get reviews that most people don't, don't have, right? So things like there was uh, in another room, he's like, man, this is a dope game area. This is, this is space. Most people, I get it. Pool table is great. I actually, still do a pool table. Pool table is amazing. I'm like, bro, do a freaking karaoke room in here. Make this mm. a karaoke room. Listen That's to cool. me. <laughs> you got to think about the experience. It's about the experience, not just the stay. That's what stands people apart. About I want to highlight, I, I wanna <laughs> highlight something real quick. I, I got to highlight this real quick because it speaks to the same thing. So according to Entrepreneur, Airbnb has most profitable quarter even, I mean, ever, even though hosts are reportedly struggling to fill rent, uh, to fill their rentals. Um, I know that uh, TJ just talked about this a little bit, but I want to know your take on this as well, Noble. You know, do you think it's all the same thing? I mean, because it seems like Airbnb as a company is winning big time, but its hosts, many of its hosts are just struggling to even get 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 bookings. What's, what's your take on that? How would you explain this? Yeah, so a couple of things. One, um, the supply is higher than the demand, right? And the so, so the supply of listings is higher than the demand. And even though demand is uh, is is expected to increase this year by over ten percent, um, you have a lot of cookie cutter uh, listings. Okay, and to TJ's point that he just made, um, yeah, you you like if you're just another uh, if you're just another listing in a, in a platform, you're just another cookie cutter listing, um, then you're not gonna stand out. You're you're not gonna be like I was saying earlier. You're not gonna be relevant, and so um, so it it really gets down to. Um, those is it's almost like the 80 20 rule right like 20 percent of the of the operators are making 80 percent of the revenue right mm. and so it's it's those it's those operators that are uh, that are doing things at, a, at another level like i said that are getting that income um and that are helping to you know keep airbnb at the top of the game right and so so I think you got to do a couple things. One, I think TJ makes some excellent points. Like you definitely need to stand out. Amenities is 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 everything nowadays, right? Because it just delivers on that customer experience. And to his point, like you know, we have properties that are still on the platforms that are near uh, uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, and just because they're in that location, which is a great location, and they get booked, um, but that doesn't mean it's automatic, right? So we offer mm -hmm. some additional amenities, some in the form of upsells, 
right, that help put revenue in our pocket, but deliver on the guest experience. So we offer tailgate packages, right? Where we'll put, bring on, well, yeah. So these properties are in walking distance to Cowboy Stadium and Texas Rangers ballpark. So we offer uh, tailgate packages. They're themed units. There's, so it's a duplex. One side is a Dallas Cowboys themed unit, two, two. The other one is a Texas Rangers themed unit, right? So we offer these tailgate packages that come with the tent, with the cooler, with the ice, with the whole now the red cups, right? So people can turn up and stuff. Um, so we offer, um, we do a PlayStation, uh, a PlayStation upsells, so PS5 upsells, right? Because people Sweet. still traveling with the younger kids and they want the kids want a game. Everybody's still connected, right? So we're we'll offer those PS5 upsells. Oh, absolutely, right? So we're adding to the value of the experience, still generating additional revenue on top of those just that that nightly booking rate. And uh, that helps distinguish us and set us apart on top of the uniqueness of the property. So I think it's all of those things kind of combined that contribute to to that. Man, Wait, just on just on the topic of just on topic of upsells, I think that's amazing. That that PS five upsell just had my brain just going. My I was like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, because uh, <laughs> because you know, and, and that's such a because I don't know, I, I don't have a PS five. I haven't played video games since college. But but when you have a console, you can sign into your own account. I'm assuming, right? You like you don't have to use your own console. You can like bring back your own in the day games. for your own. Yeah, you can bring you your own game. Yeah, you can bring your own games, and the games online too, right? So you can log in and have and your own your games account. in your system. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so beastie. Okay, so because what we do, something that we're doing, this is one of the reasons why I love the boutique hotel game and the hotel game in general, because think about when you go stay at a hotel, um, when you check in, the hotel has to get your information, your card information for what? Incidentals, uh, for for incidentals, for uh, for any upcharges as well. So something that we, we're doing in our boutique hotels, we're having a high-end waters uh, and we have a little logo with an upcharge. We're selling big, we're selling Fiji waters for seven bucks, $7 a bottle, right? Damn, and so they can just scratch, the they can, we got, <laughs> so 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 now it's the big bottles but but see my, we have filtered water coming out there we have filter water coming out the refrigerator for them right but yeah. if they want the bottled water then they, they don't they want that. or they can go buy there's a gas station down the street they can always go buy but the convenience right and so we're also about to now and and then also like uh certain snacks so we're looking to do some snacks that are even branded we're going to brand some of our logos on the snacks more high quality stuff that we can charge uh high-end stuff for another thing we're looking to do now we haven't done this yet but Alcohol is something that we're looking into is providing because it's almost like, you know how people provide wine, they provide wine to inside the unit. But now we're actually looking to provide some alcohol, because especially some of the ones that are kind of hard to get uh, in the city and just charge a premium for it. And so that's something that we're looking to do. We actually uh, I, I'm going to talk to our insurance company just to make sure to see uh, if there's anything that we need to make sure we provide that. But nonetheless, just on the topic of charges, I think that's that's great. But now PlayStation of charge. I like it. I'm, I'm actually You do it by like by the night, by the day, by the hour. How that work? Yeah, we. it's just an add on to the listing. So it's a, however yeah. long so the, the stay is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, how long to stay? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's a, it's an extra add-on, so it's fifteen dollars a day based on the number of days of the stay. So it's an easy, yeah. easier. You didn't pay that game off a long time ago. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. So I got a question <laughs> for both of y'all fellas, man. Y'all keep mentioning what separates the difference between the two: good host and a bad host. And y'all talk about amenities. So, what is the minimum level of amenities needed to have a a positive profit Airbnb? Because, you know, they got some people, as long as they got a toaster, uh, an ironing board, some decent uh, utensils, 
you know, on a decent table, they good. What's the, what's yeah. the, like, gotta have these amenities to make it pop? What would y'all say would be on that list? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was sometimes when I get my training, I always talk about, like, the must-haves that you just have to have. Um, I mean, these are all your basic stuff, um, which, I mean, the basics is, is that's just the bare minimum. And there was a time what we're alluding to, there was a time where the basics would get you crazy profit, right? But now that's just the bare minimum. And you have to add more value to these listings to get the profit. Um, all your kitchen stuff, right? All your kitchen stuff. And something that a lot of people miss on is the kitchen stuff because they feel like, a lot of hosts feel like, oh, I mean, it's just the kitchen. We'll just get, like, and they just try to get the cheapest bake set. They get the cheapest pot and pan set, cheapest utensil set they can buy. When actually, your kitchen utensils and the things you use in the kitchen should be pretty quality. I'm not saying break the bank, but they should be quality because understand one of the things that sets a short-term rental apart from a hotel is the fact that it has a full kitchen. And so people that book these short-term rentals, like, most likely they probably intend on using it. So don't skip out on your kitchen utensils. So have high quality stuff because people, when they use it, they feel it. They realize it. And man, they didn't, okay, this is actually quality. Like all this stuff is psychological. It speaks into the kind of review that, the, that they're going to give you. But of course, all your base stuff, your, 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 um, one of the things that's important is your sleep mix. I call it the sleep mix, uh, which is how many people are sleeping relative to the size, relative to the number of bedrooms and things like that. Of course, my rule of thumb is no more than six people to one bathroom, which honestly it needs to be four, but I'll say you could push it at six at the max, max, maximum, maximum, no more than six to one bathroom. Um, you know, but, but I mean, of course, three sets of linens, which is the stuff that really adds up furnishing a unit. Uh, to me, <laughs> as we furnish more, we realize that the furniture is not that bad. It's a lot of your linens that adds up a lot, um, towels and stuff. So, but yeah, all those basic stuff were all needed, man. And, and once you have that, then you actually have to ask yourself, all right, who am I serving? Right. Who am I serving? What else do I need to have for the people that will be coming to stay here? And, uh, and you play the game from there. Like we, if we're about a, all, all of our units by the medical center all have TVs in every single room because we know the people that we're going to serve, right? Do you have to have a TV in every room? No, you don't. But it'd be good to have it because of the people that you serve. So examples like that. But um, yeah, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, and then add to it um, based on who you're serving for sure. Not going to lie. I've been in quite a few Airbnbs and they, have, they don't be having TV though. Yeah, they be, they be, weird. They be, they be, I don't be watching TV, but it's a weird situation being in a room with no TV. But no, no but like, who would you add to that? Yeah, I agree. Everything TJ said, I, I think also, you know, taking into consideration your your client avatar, right? So um, you, you, you may find it useful to provide blackout curtains, right? Uh, you may mm -hmm. find it useful to uh, provide, you know, a, a crib or a pack and play, right? You know, for the infants. Um, don't skimp on the quality of some of your consumables like toilet paper right yeah. just something that yeah. that simple like you know <laughs> put quality stuff in your linens and your towels like tj alluded to you know make sure that stuff stuff is quality Pe people don't want to experience you know inexpensive linens and towels and things like that um we do multiple pillows and pillow types right um so we want to deliver on like what tj was referring to that kind of that hotel experience right so um your your, your feather pillow and your you know your 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 uh, uh, uh other types of pillows and stuff and so putting multiple types of pillows in um soaps if your units if you're providing uh hand soaps or body wash or things like that like don't skip on that stuff you know uh keep keep it quality and and people recognize that, right? And uh, so then it's so much easier to then turn around and get repeat guests when you provide that level of experience. I got a question. Um, just to kind of shift 
the energy uh, a tad. Do we believe at this point that Airbnb is maybe moving into a space to where they are not one certain host? I mean, the pro- if you just look at the profits, I'm just saying we look at the profits, we look at the fact that it is more uh, operators than demand requires. Do you think we are entering a space where Airbnb is kind of like, you know what? We just don't want everybody. Everybody's booking is not worth having on the platform. Excellent question. Excellent question. Let me tap it real quick. So I, I think um, a few things. I think you can you can see when Airbnb starts to make a pivot. And sometimes, quite frankly, they'll even announce it. Right. So over the past like year, year and a half or so, you've really seen them double down on unique stays. OK, so you, you've seen a double down on unique stage where they really want to deliver on the experience side for that guest. Um, and so the more unique your stay is, um, the more they'll push it, the more, uh, you know, that 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 they'll uh, give it preferential treatment, if you will. Um, and so that's why you see. You know, some 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 of the most unique and crazy homes, you know, tree houses, you know, people doing uh, cool things with, um, you know, uh, mini home communities um, and and, and stuff like that. And so I think that's very much intentional. They put that out there. Hey, we want to focus on this. Um, And then I think you fall back and you get into some of those more traditional listings, traditional vacation rentals. you know, and then more more traditional urban, uh, you know, multifamily one or two bedroom type stuff. So I think um, I, I think you just have to kind of watch and see what what they're saying. Hey, this is what we want to see more of. Um, and if you can provide that, um, th- that I think you're in a good spot. That's my two cents. Hmm. What's your take on that, TJ? You think Airbnb would rather purge their underperforming um, uh, uh Hosts at this point, uh, man. No, no brings around a great point. It's hard to say. It's hard to say um, because I do know that Airbnb has one main job, especially not if they're a public company, which is to satisfy their share their shareholders and and to make as much money with them as possible. Um, a lot of hosts are, which is why you'll hear a lot of complaints that more so comes from hosts because. Airbnb, unfortunately, prioritize the guest experience more because they want the guests to come back in the book more. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see Airbnb kind of ostracizing certain hosts, maybe because you're, you know, they kind of have a, a way that they do that already by just having, if you have an underperforming listing, they'll just kind of suspend you. They'll just cut you off. If you suspended, I don't, I don't know if you suspended after so many times that they'll cut you off your listing, but they'll suspend you. Um, sometimes indefinitely, right? And so, I, I, to me, I see them trying to make as much money as possible. I think I, I probably see them having um, more. I probably see them having more kind of kind of strict. I'm trying to find the word guidelines or so um, in terms of how they prioritize listings before they just say you're not qualified to list. You you don't you're not qualified because you know you're going to be underperforming. You know, what I'm saying I don't I don't necessarily see that happening because if they try to make as much amount of money as possible, they're probably going to want to have as many listings out as possible as well. Mm. I like that. 
I got something here, man. Um, this is a it's a guy that is highly respected in the industry. TJ met this guy about two years ago. Mm. I, I want to hear y'all thoughts on it, man. What's y'all thoughts about it? Let me see. Can we switch that real quick? Let me see. I mean, I want to pull it up because this is from a guy that a lot of people value his advice. You know what I'm saying? So I want to see what y'all thoughts about his headline right here. This came out. <laughs> you know, TJ is riding the back of the car about two years ago. <laughs> you know, this guy yeah, changed yeah, up a lot yeah. of people's mindset is watching this. Yeah, this, this yeah. Right here. So, you know, yeah. A lot of people yeah. can take I mean, this and be like, oh. I mean, um, you know, I would like to know more of the context of why, you know, the statement, I'd love to read that to see why, yeah, you know what I'm saying, in terms of what, yeah, what is he, what, why would he, what does he mean? Yeah. So this is what it says. Rich Dad Poor Dad, author Robert Kiyosaki is worried about a downturn in the short term in market to set a stage for real estate crash. The market grew in one turbulence ahead for the real estate market sector on Twitter. Airbnb, I mean, yeah, Airbnb lead real estate market crash if you want a new home your happy days are around the corner some rental properties the best time to get richer than a crash yes like i said airbnb the online rental platform recently saw a number of short-term rental units plunge by 70 percent in new york city after the new law was passed mm-hmm. that required airbnb owners to register mm-hmm. with the city if they plan to rent their homes out in less than 30 days so i'm mm-hmm. guessing you know all the things that's been happening probably the last year and a half. Yeah. yeah all yeah, these yeah. laws. Because people didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at some points, people was overbuying houses. Houses just yeah. to put them on Airbnb. People was getting yeah. apartments. They'll overpay. They'll overpay for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, talk about that now. So there's two things, two things to keep in mind here. Like what you just said, because um, what would even cause anything like this to happen in the first place was when people overpay for their properties because they overpay for mm. it and they look at, okay, um, they underwrite it as like to see, all right, I can get 20% return on Airbnb, but your returns are negative as a traditional rental. Right. So as, as a regular rental, so so you overpay. And so now when, when slowing down happens or even God forbid, shutdown ordinances get involved now to where you can operate the way you, you, you want to or you should you be able to. Now, now you're really screwed, right? And so what he's alluding to is just that. So he's alluding to, for example, what's happening in Dallas, what's about to come down in New Orleans, what's already seen is happening in, in New York, where straight ban, complete shutdown on in the short-term rental space. And by the way, uh, one of the reasons why when, when they're teetering, when trying to figure out, okay, um, there's 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 meetings going on. Um, people are meeting with council, trying to figure out what should we do. How can we regulate it? Maybe they put some permit permitting things out there. Maybe they're they're trying to figure things out. And all of a sudden, it's a shutdown. They, they they've decided yeah. now it's a shutdown. People don't realize a lot of the times when they decide that it's a full shutdown, it's because they literally don't have the. These cities actually not only need the manpower but the budget to regulate short-term rentals. And most cities don't want to don't want to create a whole separate millions of dollars a year just to regulate it. Because think about it when you regulate it, say, okay, you can't do this, you can't do you gotta have this type of property. How do you enforce it? How do you, you enforce it without people. actually people enforcing? You gotta yeah, you hire gotta employees to enforce these laws. And so a lot of cities would just rather shut it all down than, than and, and just get just hire people and get rid of the headache altogether. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, wow. but that's just a side note, side note. But back to the main thing he's talking about. He's alluding to the fact that think about, for example, Dallas, for example, 
Um, there's there's laws now in Dallas, almost damn near uh, damn near a full ban. Um, you can still operate. There are ways you can operate, but it's 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 really really tough now, and it's not even fully enforced yet, right? Uh, but what's going to happen with a lot of these properties when they can't operate anymore? They're going to put them on the market. They're going to put them on the market. So it's going to so and they, and it's going to be and it's going to be tough to sell. It's going to be especially with interest rates. Imagine with interest rates the way they are right now, all these properties flood the market because they're underperforming on Airbnb. That's the kind wow. of crash that he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. Mm. So real so quick, Noble, I know you in Dallas. Yeah, you in Dallas. So what, what what is that looking like for your business? Yeah, and yeah. the people Good that question. you know that's in the business. I got, I got, I, and I still got students in Dallas too. But yeah, Noble, go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to hear you? So yeah, he hit it on the head. Like so, we we're going through the exact same thing right now. Um, you know, city stepped in and said, if you're operating uh, an STR in a residentially zoned area, it's a wrap, right? And so we saw a lot of people just shutter their listings. They just they exited prematurely, in my opinion, but they exited um, an STR group that was formed here in Dallas, stepped up, got legal counsel, um, went back, sued the city, and they put it on hold for the time being. Now, the, the ban is likely some form of that is still going to be enacted uh, likely this year. Um, but uh, TJ made a good point, though, in terms of being able to, uh, you know, to actually enforce that. That's a whole nother thing. Now, with that said, um, we didn't get impacted by that, right? But here's why. Primarily, exactly. we're not operating as Tell a short-term <laughs> rental, right? So yeah. what's a short-term rental by definition? It's typically in most jurisdictions nationwide, 30 days or less. That's your transit guests. That's your guests coming in two, three, four, five nights a week or whatever, right? And that's what they're saying we're not going to allow in these residential areas. We're doing stays of 28, 30 days or more. Okay, so it falls outside of that mm -hmm. definition of full-time rental. Thereby, we don't get impacted by that. Exactly why my students are still able to operate in Dallas as well. So I got a question with that. So you know, they stay in thirty days, past thirty days. Are y'all still able to post on the Airbnb platform? Because I know once they say, "Look, you can't do it no more," they got people. The city's behind at least one person just to go on Airbnb <laughs> and troll and look at and troll. That's it. And if you got a post, they calling you up and say, hey, what's going on here? So are y'all yeah. still listing on Hi, Airbnb or are you using other platforms? <laughs> Excellent question. <laughs> um, so you can. you can. So here's the thing. Um, the, the ordinance is very specific. The ordinance is what you need to go by, right? So everything's in the ordinance. So make sure you read it, okay? Um, but it, like for Dallas, for example, it definitely says for stays of 30 days or, or less, right? So if Airbnb, you can list your property for a 30 day or, or plus minimal. OK, so you can still list on the platform and it, where it's visible and open to the public to see. But um, if it's for uh, less than 30 days, then that's where you have a problem. Right. And you can still capture those bookings that are 30 day plus bookings for those extended stays. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. So do y'all see a lot of people booking for 30 day plus or y'all see more people looking for <laughs> two, three days, four days, five days, or is it a mixture of both? Well, it's always a mixture, but I, you will be surprised at the um, amount of people that book in 30 day or more intervals. And sometimes mm -hmm. two, three, four or five months. Uh, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's, it's there. 
That's a bag. So they ask, what type of customers stay for 30 days? Is it regular people, work people, vacation people? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I'll let TJ tap in on that one. And I'll, I'll I mean, that. shoot. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're talking we're, uh, hospitals. Let's just talk hospitals and not just travel nurses, doctors, uh, patients that stay for 30 plus days, schools, uh, not just the students, but the graduate students, the professors, as well as um as well as parents we actually had a, a, a family members that would come stay for weeks at a time weeks at a time because they're, they're, they're right by the campus uh, um, for the, the kids and whatnot so you have the business side you have the personal side um insurance clients right these are people that may be displaced from their home for whatever reason maybe the house caught on fire it caught a flood and the insurance is involved now and the insurance is paying for them to stay somewhere temporary while they get the house fixed so i mean they these are all Got I mean, the market has to make sense, but which which market doesn't need midterm rentals when you think about it, right? Uh, most markets, it makes sense for it. So you can literally run a midterm rental play uh, relocation, right? People are waiting for their houses to be finished built. People are waiting for, for, for our houses to be found or closed on their house and they need to stay for 30 days while because closing is going to take 45 days, right? So um, relocation is a big, big market uh, for midterm rentals as well. So a lot of who's, as I like to put it, or IE guest avatars, uh, the people that will stay for 30 plus days for sure. Oh, we're not even, t- we're even talking about the, uh, oh, man, the, oh, well, shoot. We're even talking about the, uh, the airline, the the flight plate. That's that's noble. You know what? Wait, move we'll, we'll past that. Pass. We're gonna pull past that. We have to get into it for sure. <laughs> how, how how does one get in the insurance market? Because I think that's pretty dope. Insurance typically pays more. Uh, and, and when things happen to people's houses, they'd be out of that joint for a minute. Yeah. Insurance yeah. take a while. Contractors take a while. They may need two, three contracts to finish a job. Yep. So, you know, when it comes to those insurance jobs, do they pay up front or they pay 30 day net pay? How does that work? Because I know you can make a bag with the insurance. Yeah, you can definitely make a bag with the insurance. Yeah, you can definitely make a bag with the insurance. Um, it, it can't. There, there is some place you can be paid up front for, you know, the two months or the three months or you can be paid monthly. Um, one thing I will tell you, if you want to serve insurance people. They like bigger properties because you can imagine most of their insurance clients are families. So they like Even properties with more than, room plus. Yeah, one, more than one bedroom, right? More than one bedroom. I'd say two bedroom at the minimum. Not that one bedroom won't get rented as an insurance play. They would. It's just most of them prefer bigger properties. Also, if you don't allow pets, you likely will be at the bottom of the barrel in choice when it comes to the insurance play. Think about it again. Most families, a lot of a lot of families have pets. They have a dog. They got a cat. They got some type of pet that is part of the family. And trust me, while the house is getting fixed, they're not leaving that dog or that fan, that pet. And the pet's coming with them. Um, So if you don't even allow pets, then you're not even likely going to be on their radar for the insurance. I got a question with these long-term stays. So, you know, we all didn't see TikToks, Instagrams, people that stayed in the house six weeks, two months, and they ain't leaving. Mm. <laughs> Squatters. It's, it's, it's their house now. So, oh, man. Are y'all oh, nervous man. about that? Y'all have something to, 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 to fix that situation? So, like, Because I know in yeah, the back yeah. of your mind, that's always something that comes. Like, what happens it's if a, I can't get a, the first time out? And what's... What's interesting is the squatting issue is becoming an even bigger issue among the short-term yeah. industry. They got movies um, about it. I seen a movie yeah, too. It's a whole. 
I follow I follow about two two squatters pages on social media that just literally Whoa. all their content is just is living for free. Trying to, how to squat? It's just it's just is is one. There's one on TikTok about how to squat professionally, right? Whoa! There are other yeah. there are other pages. There are other pages teaching how to help avoid people, like how to get them out, like how to protect we, your. We gotta talk about it. There's con strictly for that stuff, like so. People have gone through, you know. Uh, more conventional Eric. routes. Some people went through very unconventional routes uh, to handle squatters. Some are legal, some are not. And sometimes some landlords will get gangster with you. All right, y'all want to do this and, and, and try to, and try to put that. All right, we'll we'll get gangster with you. You go to court and try to try to try to take us to court, squatter. Go, you go. I'm gonna take the door off. I'm gonna shut the water. I'm gonna shut. The, you try to take. <laughs> now us you can see me. Now you can you can come try to so I mean I don't recommend it. <laughs> I'm not saying do that. I don't necessarily recommend it, but there are ways to 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 help mitigate the issue. I honestly don't think there's a perfect way. I threw out some suggestions online about how to handle squatters. It went super viral. Um, you know, it helped. People have reached out to me and said, "Bro, I did that and it actually worked. It helped." Um, you know, some people reached out and say, man, I tried that, man. They said that, you know, it may, it may, they may give me an issue with trying that and doing that, whatever the case would be. So, so it's, it could be relative. It really could be, uh, I'll just with, uh, Nashville, my boy, Sean, uh, Rocket G's, you know, one of the OGs in the game. And we were talking about squatters and he was like, man, I'm going there. He said, look, when people want to squat on my properties, that furniture that they sit on, that's still my property. They didn't break that furniture in there because it's an STR, right? That's my stuff. I just go in there and take all my stuff out. Get my furniture. I just take all my stuff out, and they then they believe it, right? So, so it just depends on 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 it. But I'll tell you what we do, <laughs> right? To help to help combat it. Um, I mean, there's a couple things you can do. Understand, Noble just hit on this earlier about stays that are actually considered short term stays. Twenty nine days or less is twenty nine days out of the month or less is actually what's considered a short term stay. Now, in order for them to squat legally. They have to have proved that they have squatters right, and you can't prove you have squatters right under 29 days. It has to be above that, right? So uh, so a lot of times, if somebody just wants to come in your property um, and you, you're able to catch them day two, then you likely have a way better chance of getting them out through just through trespassing, right? You can call the police and say, hey, they're trespassing. There's no freaking lease. Like, there's no lease. And even if they want to provide some type of fake lease or something like that, it's under 29 days. So technically, they're trespassing still. So, but nonetheless, nonetheless, if you let somebody, if they, if they, if they go in there and they send some type of mail there, Oh my God! God forbid they're able to get the power on in there. Oh my God, the headache to get them out. Big headache. My God. Um. So so that's that's how these squatters are playing the game, man. And they're they're playing they're playing this thing like. And the thing is, is the 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 easier they can sneak in without you knowing, the better it is for them because the longer they can stay there, right? And and give them time to send mail there. Give them time to freaking turn uh, the utilities on. Uh, give them time to. You know what I'm saying? So the earlier you can catch them, the better, right? And you definitely want to go past my 30 days. <laughs> this is bubbling. annoying, bro. <laughs> hey, no, but have you ever dealt with a squatter yet? Uh, uh, att attempted squatter. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. <laughs> DJ made some good points. I'm reading these comments. Y'all are cracking me up. Um, so so the, first of all, I'm not an attorney, right? So this is not legal advice. But with that said, um, Know your laws for your state starting. Oh, your laws for your right? states. Exactly. Yeah, oh, by the way, by the way, no, I don't care if it's a, I don't, 
red state or blue state, it's hard. Red or blue? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Texas no, the is trash no spotters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we so, ran so what gives somebody tendency right so know that so the secondly like we uh we have our we we first of all we vet our guests like extensively like people don't even realize so we vet our guests so we have them sign an agreement but that sign that agreement is on a rolling 28 day interval people don't even realize how we do that so it auto renews every 28 days right it's not even on 30 days because we're here in Texas and we understand when Tennessee kicks in or when it could kick in right and so every 28 days it auto renews that here's the thing we don't have them sign a lease it's not there's no lease language in there it's not called a lease it's not even called rent they're not even called tenants they're called guests or invitees so it's mm -hmm. all in the language we had an attorney draft the document specific based on the laws of texas that give us the ability to remove them based on trespassing because mm. their short-term stay has expired okay mm. it's not it's not a yeah. lease it's Preach. not rent. it's a short-term stay <laughs> thank you yes and they are shining a short-term stay guest accommodations agreement that's the title of it so just title it that that's what they're signing we captured their government issue photo id so we have that on file we captured their uh, credit card information so we capture a deposit and it's not always a small one, especially if it's an extended stay, right? So they're not getting seeing any of that back if they give us a problem, you know, on the, on exit. We have to get a 30-day move-out notice for those extended ones. It's minimum is 14 days, right? So there's a lot of different checks and balances that we have in place to mitigate that, um, and it's very effective. And so we've had someone attempt to do that. We were able to push back and force a, a, a trespassing. Police came out. We showed them the documentation. You got to go, Okay. So that's how that's how we're set up. Um, but know the laws for your state. It starts with that. Uh, okay, jump in, jump in, TJ, because I got a question. I was gonna say on that because he had he hit he hit the nail on the two the two things that we do in our business, and I, I completely forgot to even mention it. I finished my third thought. I even get into it, but those are one of the, that's one of the two things we do, and that that's one of the things I post on social media that went super viral. Is like, look, we don't do leases that are long term. We do leases that are 28 days. So they want to stay for three months. They're not getting us, you know, they're not getting a 90 day lease. They're getting a 28 day agreement, short term stay agreement. The word lease is not even on there. It's not even on. There. So it's an agreement that they get. Also, another thing that we do, um, um, our short term agreement states that you are agreeing to lease this property from the managing company, from the management company. And the management company is the person that's on the short-term stay agreement. And guess what? The management company doesn't own the property. Mm. So essentially, essentially, you're subleasing. You're not even mm. a real tenant. The management company is the actual tenant. So I have a lease agreement, an official long-term lease between my management company and my property entity that is on, on, on its own entity. And then that short-term agreement is between the guest and the management company. So you add mm. that extra layer. So they're not they're they're not even on a lease. There's no lease that they're even on. So mm. that's two things we do. Yeah. And then and then you, the, the short term agreement is it's, it's on 28 day rollers, 28 days or less. It rolls in 28 days, just like Noble said. So after 28 days, you sign a new agreement? Sign a new agreement. And we'll do yeah. it like right. 10 Ours days before the next month. It'll, it'll auto renew. So we got a yeah. video. Also, also auto renew no. too. Yep. It's, it's a real struggle in the real estate industry. An unethical. Uh, real estate life hack.
squat. Nah, not that kind of squat. But you can squat in a house for 20 years and legally that is your property. Yeah, it's your property. So how to pay your rent and try and pay for a mortgage. How to your dirty roommate. All you gotta do is squat for 20 years. Um, they can't change the locks on you legally. They can't kick you out legally. The cops can't charge you for trespassing legally. They have to reach through the courts. Now, I don't recommend this because it's kind of stupid, but this is a. Bro, hey, send me that video. I got, I got, I got to do a reaction video to that. I need that video. I'm doing, it, I'm, I'm doing a reaction video to that today, bro. I'm pissed watching. That. <laughs> That's a real issue, That's you know. That's wild, bro. I thought, I thought he was about. To, I thought he was about to add some sauce to the game of what we're talking about. <laughs> he's he's a book at your Airbnb he's tomorrow. <laughs> He the ops. Nah, that boy about to pull up. Man, he better get out of here with that, man. That's yeah. wild work. So, we got to protect ourselves from the people, this. man. Squatters' rights. No, squatters' rules are trash in Texas. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. And I bet you they're probably trash in a lot of other places. Yeah. Why yeah. are these squatter rights so powerful? Literally, I've yeah. I, listen. I had a squatter. You know, I had a squatter in one of my properties. That was recently. Recently, bro. We probably spent, bro. Like, first of all, we had to move all of the trash that they bought. That was probably about three grand, hmm. right? Then we had to go through multiple cops being called out, right? And obviously, you couldn't say that they're squatting. You couldn't say that it was a leash. You can't say any of these buzzwords that will automatically make the police turn around. They picked the guy up, right? Put him in the back of the car just to take him around the corner to drop him off, and he just came right on back. Come on, bro. <laughs> Wait a minute. Bro, like, they pick him up. They pick him up, put him in the back of the car, Right? And take him around the corner, drop him off. Man, you got to play the videos you got. As what in, he, wait, wait. He's been a big no, Judge sign with you. He's he, he threatened my life. <laughs> so he threatened my life. And so, and so, you know, because he was hurling out all these threats, you know. And so uh we just told him, and I told the cops, you know, and and, and this is this is I'm giving you guys. The reality version, the please there. do not do any of the things that I'm getting ready to tell you that I did. I'm just I'm just telling you what works here in my state, okay, and unfortunately. So in order to even get a reaction out of the cops, you even you have to talk, you have to tell them, look, I have my firearm with me. I'm ready to defend myself. If anything goes crazy, blah, blah, blah. You have to tell them for the cops to even show up. They're not even showing up unless it's some kind of threat to violence. Or some kind of they're not showing up to your property, period. Mm. Like, and if they do, it's gonna be hours and hours later. By the time they come, you're gonna be then forgot about what they was even called for to begin with. Don't take any of my advice. I'm just telling you what it was. The guy was getting crazy, he was, you know, not wanting to listen to what we had to say, and it was just becoming a confrontational environment. Mm. The cops get there, right, for the threat, they pick him up. Uh, they they take him around the corner, they bring him um, and they drop him off. And they you know by the time they come back, they told us that he 
they couldn't press charges on him because the DA didn't want to press charges. They just felt like it was a, too small of a uh, a deal. I don't know. Whatever. They're not trying to prosecute these people. They're trying to prosecute me and you. They're trying to prosecute yeah. people they can actually get money from the system on. Because like, yeah. they know we're going to pop by a lawyer. They know me. I'm going to get me a lawyer. I'm going to feed the, the judges. Every, everybody going to get a piece of the money when I go to jail. But people who squat, people who are homeless, people who do stuff like that, they're not going to get a dime. Matter of fact, the homeless is going to win because they're going to go get them some free meals. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get an attorney. They're going to have to get a court-appointed attorney if they even get that. Right. So th- what I'm realizing is that it seems like the the the, fu- the, the system is it's just based on money. So how do you even get rid of squatters if there's no incentive for the city to even prosecute these people? And like, what's your thoughts right. on that? Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, bro. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, I and it's crazy because, you know, you would think in Texas out of all places, Trust me, if it's if it's this bad in Texas, I guarantee it's trash everywhere. I guarantee mm. it's bad everywhere. I don't think it's easy in any state. I think it's just as hard as it is here in any state, no matter what, <laughs> whether it's a red or blue state. So um, I think I, 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 I'm just wondering because there's something about it's something about the the legality of intentionally putting people out, even though they were already out in the first place, and they're just they were already homeless. They just come into your, it's something about it that, that this country just like, nah, you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't, I I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what it is or why it's so difficult to, for people that just trespasses. I mean, you hear stories of squatters living in this, this people house. They're doing everything they can to get them out. By law, they cannot get them out. Years, 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 and years. Cannot get these people out. What the heck is the point of owning that property? You know what I mean? So, it's it's uh, yeah I, I I don't I couldn't tell you all we can do is try to protect ourselves all we can do is know exactly what the laws are within your state what constitutes a squatter to have rights to have tenancy and you prevent to me the best way to avoid squatters is prevention of getting them in there in the first place and prevention of getting of them even having the time to claim to get those rights so. Man, it's it's a tough situation, but man, as as investors, there's something else that we do. It's a real problem, right though. You know, it's somebody we all know, Derek, he had a problem with a few squatters on a flip. Just finished the house, ready listed, city break in. It's his house now. Crazy. And it took him to get it out. Yeah, imagine? you just finished you flipping the flip? house. Now he got to redo it, bro. That's horrible. And he, <laughs> that's horrible, he called bro. the cops multiple times, bro. That's horrible, man. The guy, was just, the guy was just chilling there. He walked in the house, they had dog shit on the floor. <laughs> bro, this dude After just shot a whole rehab. Bro. Yeah, bro. Bro, you know, social, social media is for two things, two ways you can really add value on social media. By adding educational value, like teaching people something. It could be anything. You don't have to be about business. It could be anything. Or making people laugh, right? Those are two main ways to get to get clicks for you to actually get attention on social media. This guy literally just posted value add style content teaching people how to squat. This is a massive issue. This is a bigger issue than we think. When it's gotten this far, it's gotten like this. Oh, this is this is a bigger issue. It's a massive issue. That's horrible. I bro. think uh I, I think there's a 
a, a little bit of a difference in somebody gaining access to a property outside of a booking, outside of a reservation and attempting to squat than uh, if you're a host and you're vetting people on the front end and you're vetting them properly, right? And you have a client avatar that fits your extended stay business model, right? Um, and so I, I think you're less likely to see it, not to say that it can't happen or won't happen, but you're less likely to see it with a longer staying guest type that you vetted. And in some instances, we have a clause in our agreement that we can do a background and credit check on you if we find it necessary. Mm -hmm. So we won't just let anybody up in our place. And if it's if it's sitting vacant, you know, then it, the alarm is on, the front and rear cameras are on. If somebody's gonna break in and try to squat, then that's gonna trigger a whole other series of events where then it becomes, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes a criminal act. Um, and so I think it, 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 it's some, to some degree, it depends on how these guests are getting access to the property, under what terms, and how you're vetting them on the front end to kind of mitigate some of that. Yeah, big difference yeah, between a, a guest squatting and a random squatting. I got one more video, man, because I know there's some real stuff. I know y'all don't like to see that. This, this, this messed up, bro. Let me, let me, let me get it. Hold on. Where y'all finding these? <laughs> Yeah, we got some action in the chat box. Hold on, we got okay, we got some people in there. Yeah. Oh, you on mute. Oh, you on so mute. So this is a tenant that went to a house, Airbnb. Did you add okay. didn't pay <clears throat> for seventeen months? Let's check this out real quick. That's a long time. Business killer boy. See 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 this how you know people Want to kill people, break in a house, you know, do some damaging things. But let's check it out real quick. Man rented out a guest home in one of L.A.'s poshest neighborhoods, but refuses to leave. New at 5 o'clock, Eyewitness News reporter Christian Cordero explains why the homeowner cannot force her to leave. In Brentwood's hillside sits a community eye level with the Getty Center, whose neighbors include LeBron James and Fergie. But the residents everyone seems to be talking about today lives here for free. My husband yesterday was outside and some guy comes by and goes, you know you're living next door to a squatter? A periodontist named Alexander or Sasha Jovanovic bought this house in 1995. Through the years, he's remodeled it and in 2019 decided to rent the guest house out on Airbnb. That's how his and Elizabeth Hirshhorn's paths crossed. She was looking for a place to stay for six months, reached out and ended up here. That was two years ago. Repairs the guest house needed four months in caused the initial animosity, which led Jovanovic to extend the tenant's stay beyond her Airbnb reservation. Because they made an unofficial agreement, Airbnb is no longer getting involved, and the guest house yeah. itself doesn't have the right permit. So Jovanovic needs to find a legal reason to evict her. It's a pretty nice place she's squatting in. You know, it looks like a glass room and very nice which he has yet to do successfully. Hershorn stopped paying in April 2022, according to court documents. I think it's going to get more unpleasant for her now because, uh, you know, I think the whole neighborhood cared about it. We spoke with Jovanovic moments ago. I had no idea that the shower was not permitted. I didn't even know that the guest house was not permitted. There was just like a, a total oversight. Hershorn's attorney told the LA Times Jovanovic has harassed her. She's suing for intentional infliction of emotional distress, among other things. Jovanovic just wants her gone and the nearly $60,000 in owed rent paid, all of which is now for a judge to decide.
Hello, wow. I'm Mark Brown. Get more great ABC7 content by clicking the subscribe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So this tenant is suing the owner. Yeah, tenants are actually suing that. So I heard about this one. Yeah, I did. Suing for intentional infliction of emotional distress, yeah. among other things. Javonna wow. yeah. wants her gone, and the yeah. sixty thousand dollars in owed rent paid. Yeah, this case is this this case has actually been talked about in the industry, um, quite a bit. So yeah. Yeah, she wow. she's suing him now. I, I don't know enough that this this update where she was suing him was actually about I don't know maybe about five months old now. So there's probably I don't know what 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 uh, this is ongoing. What, what's further? Yeah, this is ongoing still. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate for it's unfortunate for the homeowner because because his it's it's unfortunate for them because he has issues with the property. That would consider the, the property uh, with the city, right? So yes, each of the property that would consider it like unlivable because it's not permitted, livable, it's just not permitted with the city, and so now that is now in the way of him uh, properly evicting this person. And, and, and but she's he looking can't to sue him for that, and she, right? And she, but she's looking to sue him because he's been trying to get her out. You know, yeah. police lawsuits, you know, go to court. <laughs> like, so she's saying that look, these two years of you trying to get me out. That's caused me harm emotionally, and now she's suing him back. That's how she's suing. Him. You know, it's a messed up situation. Somebody was putting something in the chat, and 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 I, and I, and I thought about it, you know, and I want to go back to Noble and see if he had something like that in his agreements to where, okay, so it says the goons would have had that would have had to be roommate, basically. <laughs> Lady, and then Bam Bam put in here, he put, uh, I'm moving in, I'm moving in with them and bringing my crazy auntie and we all squatting. Like, <laughs> Real talk, man. Real talk. Like, we're just all going to be in here. How does we're that work from a short-term rental stay? We're not going to talk lease. And here's another thing. I want to point this out, too. If you're dealing with a squatter situation, the last words you want to use when you're dealing, when you're talking to cops is squatter and squatter, lease. Yeah. Renter, anything like that. You don't want to use those words. But what would you say to, you know, is it anything in your agreements, no, but it allows you to move somebody else in? How does that work? Yeah, I don't I don't think we have anything that specific that says we can move someone else in. Um, our agreements are very specific to the extent that um, there is no tenancy whatsoever right and yeah. so um and, and and then we we kind of break down our, our access to the property so we can access the property at will for any number of different reasons um yeah. and uh we, we we fortunately we haven't been in a situation where we've had to take it take it that far um but i think at the end of the day like you're there are exceptions and there are unicorn situations that video is 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 one of them that's that's not the 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 commonality yeah it's not uh, a normal yeah, but it's you not. just yeah yeah you you have to be prepared for anything quite frankly um and 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 uh yeah so we just we just haven't had that situation come up yet but hey, that's a business that's a scary situation up. bro that could kill somebody's entire business like literally yeah. Yeah, just that one and, one property. I mean, honestly, y'all y'all can probably use a regular lease agreement. Just understand the law, and just if you use a regular lease agreement, just don't lease past the tenancy days, twenty eight days or less. And by the way, some states are fourteen days or less for tenancy. Some days, some states are fourteen. Cincinnati comes to mind. Um, 
I can't think of any other states, but there's a few states that tenancy happens after four, just 14 days. They can squat. They can claim tenants right. So um, check check your laws and just don't so just have a role. Oh, uh, you could probably Google that information. I mean, mm-hmm. you could probably you could probably yeah, you could probably Google what the tenancy. Just look up tenancy right in your state. You know what I'm saying? Um, what happens if she leaves to buy food? You can lock her. <laughs> no, not legally. You can't legally lock people out. You can't legally turn off the utilities and things like that. Um, something that, of course, I mentioned earlier that Sean did was he he went and pulled out his furniture. chain. He said that he was told that wasn't illegal because it's his. He pulled out what? Right. He pulled. He went in there for his short term rental. When the squatter started squatting, he just went and started moving out all the furniture. Right. Because and he said his attorney told him that it's not illegal because that's his property, his possession that's in the property. So and and the, and the squatter left after that. So, um, you know, yeah, for, for me, I probably would just set off the loud alarm inside and just let it keep going on. <laughs> Which I, I've done that before, not for a squatter, just because I guess was taking too long to leave. They didn't want to leave like check out to 11. They're still there like. 2.30, we had a guest coming in at 4. So we turned on the alarm and just and, and just let it keep going off until they left. And they literally got out there like 30 seconds. But yeah, man, it's, yeah, that's, man. Yeah, this squad. Y'all, y'all think that's like awesome. the biggest risk when it comes to short terminals and Airbnb and all that? Something like that? Uh, no, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's the biggest risk. Um, you know, I think the biggest risk in doing this business is just not doing your research up front, um, buying it way too, buying your property for too much, not buying it right. Because honestly, I don't care if you make it an Airbnb or not, you're making money when you buy real estate. Um, so to me, that was the biggest things. If you can protect, I mean, if you structure your lease properly for people that want to book more than 28 days, you should be all right. You should be. Now, it's still, it's not perfect. There's no squatter issue to me. That's There's a very, very, very effective ones. But man, when it comes to court and the law, there's always ways that people can probably try to finesse and finagle things. So nothing's perfect, but you can prevent things. I want to I pivot real quick because, you know, <clears throat> this, is, this is incredible. This is some incredible news. I was actually listening in on somebody speak about the stock prices skyrocketing i mean airbnb is probably one of the most profitable companies on the market right now i mean they they literally are killing it and you know it's funny because last year around this same time we were talking about the demise of of uh airbnb we were in our mind we thought airbnb was pretty much over Mm -hmm. yet at this same time you know um 2023 they had some of the most profit one of the most profitable years. And so if we look at this right here, it says Airbnb record profit, 1 million new listings added, Mm. right? 1 million new listings added. Let's look at this right here. Look at this right here. (laughs) Airbnb recent Airbnb's recent quarter was not its most profitable ever. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Airbnb's recent quarter was its most profitable ever, okay? And also the best in terms of revenue, according to the shareholders' letter uh, the company released on Wednesday. Airbnb reported a net income. Listen to this. Now, I want y'all to fully understand what I'm talking about here. So this is net, Mm. meaning Mm. this is going into the pocket. 
net income of $1.6 billion, excluding a one-time income tax benefit and revenue growth of 18% to $3.4 billion. What not too many companies doing that, bro. Huh? Ain't too many companies doing that. Ain't too many companies profiting $1.6 billion with 18% growth. Look at this. Airbnb expects to generate $2.13 billion and $2.17 billion in revenue uh, in revenue in the fourth quarter, which will be an increase between 12 and 14%. Wow. Yet, yeah. here's the thing, though. There's still a lot of operators that are suffering. You have, you have listings that are not getting bookings at all. But the company itself is extremely profitable. How mm -hmm. do we explain this? Um, and yeah, is yeah. this the time for people to enter the market? Or are you kind of sitting on the sideline, clapping quietly, like waiting for people to exit? I mean, just keeping it real <laughs> as an investor, because it, it has blown up. It was a lot of coaches, a lot of people promoting this, this stuff. And I think a lot of the, if I'm going to be real, I think the influencer market probably ruined it. Mm -hmm. from, from a profit standpoint, let's talk about this. Let's mm -hmm. let's keep it real. Can we have a moment of, of clarity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Um, <laughs> you know, we alluded to this earlier too. Uh, when you see that revenue is doing this, uh, Airbnb is doing this well, but you also see listings struggle. That means that there's a group of listings that are getting most of the profits and while there's some that are struggling. So, and what does that mean? That means that it's not an issue of Airbnb slowing down in terms of opportunity, right? It's an issue. It's an issue of the supply and demand. And it's also an issue of what's actually getting people booked right now. What's actually working right now. And most people are doing what's actually working. Because why? Because what's working is a is harder work to do. It's harder to set up. It takes more work to do. If you want to get into the midterm rental space, understand that you're not just going to put up your property on Airbnb and just set it for a 30-day minimum and you just think you're just going to be filling your your calendar for 30 days at a time. That's not what's going to happen. You're going to have to do some cold calling. You're going to have to do some B2B businesses, some B2C businesses, follow-up to get these to get business businesses with these entities. So that that it's all a combination of that and what that's what we're seeing right now uh while while we're seeing airbnb do that so well and and hosts still struggle yeah i'll add to that too um i think um when a lot of people look at these numbers they're not thinking about the global impact and so um, so, so I was reading this article, but the article does also go on to say that a lot of the uh, growth has been in the Asia Pacific region, has been increased mm -hmm. activity in Germany and Brazil. Um, and so you got to so so don't don't look at something like this with just a lens around the U.S. Right. And, and think, well, where's my piece of that pie? You know, because it, all of this money is being made. This is money is being made globally in different countries around the world. Um, and so I, 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 I would I would keep keep that in consideration when you're looking at some of these stats and these numbers and stuff. Um, and the U.S. has always been a strong market, obviously, for, for Airbnb. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, like 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 TJ said, it's a 
it's a it's a numbers game. The cream rises to the top, and uh, and that's just what it is. Like that. So I want I want to ask you guys, both of y'all, what's your biggest win in the short term middle space? We you know we talk negative for a minute. Let's let's turn it positive a little bit. What's your biggest <laughs> win when it comes to purchase price units? Yeah, number. Of I mean, I'm, I'm profit you made. Equity, we need all that, man. Let, let's talk a little positive, bring some positive light to this because we, yeah, we ain't got too yeah, many yeah. folks right here, man. We got some big dogs. <laughs> well, I mean, I got I, I got two boutique hotels right now. I'm currently working on a third project. I think the third one will be What's my the boutique. One. We we may not know what the boutique hotel is. What is that? Oh well, boutique hotel is. Uh, oh okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> keys, my man. That's all them keys. Yeah, keys. Yeah, keys. You know what I'm saying in the boutique space. Uh, one's one's thirteen keys, the other one's twenty keys, right? And so, but then we have our other duplexes and our single families and stuff. Um, then we still have about I'll probably say maybe ten percent of our portfolio. We still arbitrage as well, about ten percent of our portfolio. So, uh, maybe it's a little bit more than that. But uh, I'll probably say my biggest one is still my very first boutique hotel. Still the first one. Just the numbers. The numbers are nuts. Um, um, you know, we have. You know, we have a property with a paying four percent interest on a on a asset that we bought for six thirty that was worth a million as is, and uh, now we have about two million in equity on this thing, um, and our mortgage is about six thousand a month, but it brings in anywhere between know, twenty to thirty. So to me, that's Every month. just numbers. Yeah, just numbers wise, it's it's a, it's just a solid solid deal. And you worked on that property for what? To get it. You were following to get up it. with the girl for like a year or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a probate deal. So that, yeah, yeah, so it was a probate deal that we stayed following up on. Um, you know, one of the things that I always, always remember is how you get the best deals the closer you are to the source. And so when we were dealing directly with this probate attorney, before it even came out of probate, we had our offer already sent in. And so when it came out of probate, when everybody was able to see it now, uh, we were already on the contract. So uh, and so we were in direct contact with the probate attorney once things moved and there was a, an agreement between both parties that called me right away, said, hey, they agreed to sell it, um, let's move forward. And before it even came out of probate. So that's, to me, the closer you are to the source, the better. Um, for these deals, that's why wholesalers will always have better deals than than you, right? Because they're so close to the source. Um, that's why they can wholesale you the deal and still have some meat on the bone. So, uh, but yeah, that's a hell of a deal, bro. So y'all y'all profiting? Yeah. Let me see on, on a great month. Oh uh, yeah, on a good 000? month. I mean, yeah, on a good month we're netting over twenty thousand. Wow, net on one on what, one what property. Deal? That's crazy. Yeah, one deal. That's wild. Hey, Nick. That, that, that's a bag, bro. That's a ba- that's one that's, property. And and only some of them, only some of them are like midterm, like right. Most of them are like weekly, but a lot of it's a mix. It's a mix. I ain't killing the midterm like Noble is. I'm trying to Noble still supposed to get my midterm contract. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting on my midterm contract for Noble, my guy. Man. But yeah. So talk to us about you know because I know you. You had some struggles, quite a few struggles with that deal too. So, so talk oh, about the real God. struggles that you had with it. I mean, you know, we yeah, we were. I mean, that construction was done over a year ago. But man, I mean, from theft to asbestos, <laughs> uh, our budget initially was 
right under seven hundred thousand to the point of rehab. We end up spending about nine twenty, almost a million Dang. for the rehab. Whoa! Spend nine twenty. Spend nine twenty on that remodel. Thousand dollars more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We spend nine twenty. Now, now, here's what's good. We we because because the deal was so good, we inflated the heck out of that rehab budget. You know what I'm saying? We still have to. We still hurt. It still stung us a little bit because I don't know. I I probably say maybe it probably cost us maybe an extra twenty grand out of pocket, right? But we inflated the heck out of that thing, um, and so what well, you supposed to, man? And that's why I say like it's really really hard to mess up a good real estate deal. That's why I say that if it's a good deal, it's hard to mess it up. It's hard to. You right. have to really intentionally mess it up if it's a good deal. So. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We we inflated it. We, we were good. We were good. But it's worth yeah, it. I, I mean, what we did was it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, we 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 inflated the heck out of it. And and we and then we're not even worried. I mean, then you look at the loop. I mean, shoot. What if I tell you we we're able to we cost segregate this thing? Like, what we're we're able to bonus appreciate from this building, bro. On this one, bro. It's not even. <laughs> then a bonus appreciate. Then a cash flow. Then the equity is just yeah, it's just a sweet deal, bro. Sweet deal all around. But that was a life changing deal, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I'll say so. I'll say so. And that, because it helped. And that, yeah. And that introduced you to Boutique Hotel? Yeah, that was my first one. That was like, all right, I need, I need more of these. I need more You're of these. talking about the one on emancipation? Yes, that one. That was, that was the first one. That's a beautiful deal. Yeah, that's a nice yeah, that deal. That was the first one. But y'all got to come what? back. Y'all got to come back and check it out. It's, it's freaking nice now. Y'all come in there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different. Show us some pictures. You well, can pull up the list. Up. I mean, shoot, I'm pull some up. Yeah, can I share a screen on this one? Absolutely, I can yeah, share a yeah. screen on this one. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want to, I want to uh, ask Noble. You know, what, what, what are you most? I know you are killing it from a profit standpoint. I mean, the oh, profit yeah. on Noble's deals are just dumb. Um, so can you give us like a little bit of insight on what, what are you most excited about right now from a profit standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's that, what has me most excited currently, um, is we, we're, we're, we're doubling down uh, on this airline industry play, um, that has a Mm -hmm. massive amount of, uh, of not, not not only profit but a growth potential of um, a severely underserved market um you know for for people that understand aviation um so with this with this particular strategy um we're housing uh pilots and flight attendants um that are stationed in a base city that's not their city of residence and um you know, and so they, um, you know, when they're flying out of their base city, running their your, their their normal active routes and things, um, they're staying in hotels, traditional layovers for their overnight stays. But when they're off the clock and they're not working, but they need to be ready, available to go, um, they have to have a place to stay, and that's not typically in their in their city of residence where they're stationed. And so we're providing that uh, that that housing for that uh, time period. Um, and so those are thirty. Those are uh, again, those are like thirty day stays. Uh, what we love about this, and I was talking about vetting earlier, was these uh, individuals, these flight flight uh, flight attendants and pilots, they are vetted at the highest level, right? So when you're getting on board with an airline. You have to go through some very stringent background checks, including the FBI background check. They check you against a terrorist watch. Like it's it's next level vetting. And so these employees have already been vetted. Plus, 
you know, they don't have a reason to be in it. There's no, there's no squatter situation type thing going on. Right. Um, and so in this strategy, we're renting by the bed per month. Right. And, uh, you know, and upwards mm. of, of four, four beds in a room. Um, and so it it's it, so the profit margin can be pretty stupid. So we're actually doubling down on bed? that. Yeah. So it, it, it varies by market. So I'm in Dallas Fort Worth market. Um, so we're su- servicing the small of the two airports right now, which is Love Field. Um, but we're charging five hundred dollars per bed per month. Right. And so and then we got two properties doing that. One of the, the first one we got was a four bedroom, three and a half bath. Right. And so it's sleep 16. Yeah. So and if I $500 a bed per month, so that's 8K. Right. And then with mortgage and, and expenses, stuff is a couple of thousand dollars a month. Uh, like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. And so um, so now we're d- developing a game plan. I've actually partnered now. Uh, I can say this now publicly, but I've partnered now uh, with a couple of other individuals. One of them is a VP, an executive VP with a major airline. She, we have now brought her on board and we're developing a strategy to launch this in some major cities around the country. I'm super excited. Yes. So your bag finna go crazy. Most deaf. Yes. You make it 8K <laughs> off a single family. 8K yeah, a month? Off of the, uh, yeah. Yes. That's net or is that gross? No, that's gross. That's gross. So it's it, it, it nets to, to a net uh, little under five. Big- yeah. Yeah, look, look, yeah uh, now because because what we're doing is what we're doing is um we're handling um so we, we got the mortgage we got all the utilities expenses stuff like that um we still pay to have a cleaner go in once a month do all of that good stuff um but um we're also um taking that and we're doing additional improvements and additional amenities and so um so we're put rolling some of that back into the property so had we not been doing that we'd probably been closer to six but yeah um but it's it's still hefty in comparison specifically to a traditional rental right mm. so five, five um, bands a month profit yeah. bro yeah that's healthy yeah that's healthy. shout out to dunn in the building you know because you know i want when i hear about profits on a cash flow basis that high right i can all i Listen, boy, you could probably pay that mortgage. <laughs> I, I, I naturally think about okay, are we paying off that mortgage more cheaply? I naturally think about this, right? Um, because you know, when you're profiting at that level, you know, like you're making like so. I know TJ is in a position where he's making about 20k, he's saying net on his boutique hotel. Um, Noble is netting somewhere around five to six grand per month give or take net right family on a single family that is those are massive profits um matter of fact you will never see profits like that on a traditional rental like this this will never happen see um don what would you say to tj um and noble from a interest buy down perspective listen i didn't come in here for that i came in here (laughs) as a fan okay every time i think you all have hit the next level every time i think that you are the most relevant every time i think you've done the best show ever then you come back with something else like (laughs) lord have mercy not only Listen, not only was it educational, it was totally entertaining. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so I, I, I will say this. I will say this. 
most people have no idea how much interest they're paying, how much mm. it costs to manage yeah. their debt. Not only that, but they don't know that they are in complete control of how much money they pay to manage that debt. And if they knew that if I invested as little as $200 prepaid could save me $800 to $1,000 in interest, now we're talking about what can I do with small amounts of money to get huge returns? I'm talking five, six, 700% return when you take a look at how can I save money in interest with a small amount of money. So we're not talking taking profits out and saying, oh, I'm going to take my money that I could open, you know, that I could buy more doors with. I'm saying we have dormant money sitting in the bank making one tenth of one percent, just waiting for something to go wrong. <laughs> so while it's waiting, I can take a piece of that, 200, 300, even $1,000 and save $5,000 in, in, in interest. Oh my gosh. So when most people think about what we what you do to pay off a loan, stop thinking about paying off the loan. Start thinking about the bank is charging me 75% more interest than I need to pay. I don't care what the interest rate is. I don't mm -hmm. care what the interest rate is. We're paying more interest than we need to pay. And we need, along with everything else, with all the other metrics we have learned about, the metrics we have memorized, we need to add one more metric. And this is it. Control interest costs and you will increase profits exponentially. Not just the interest saved, but think about this. What about the interest paid that you can no longer invest? How about that mm. one? I'm done. Mm. Mm. I love that, Don. I love that so much. I love that. <laughs> Real right there. You know, you know, you know, I'm big on creative financing. I try to keep the banks out of all of our deals. Right. <laughs> so I think I think people when they hear what Don is saying, talk about his interest. <laughs> Because when you think about a deal, the banks are the real winners. The banks are the real winners with any deal. Yes, we leverage their money and we win. But the banks are the real winners because the interest that we pay, we can literally overpay for a property and still make out better than if we paid asking price with interest by doing by. Let me. OK, so and I, and I love this is my favorite example is if I was to take a $500,000 house, if I was to take a $500,000 house and I paid a modest 6.2% interest, which I think you, people are getting quoted a little bit more now than that, but let's just say 6.2% interest on a $500,000 home. That um, that home is going to cost right around $2,936,000 a month in a mortgage, right under $3,000 a month in mortgage. In 30 years, you would have paid about $1.4 million on that house in 30 years you 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 bought it for 500 but you've paid almost 1.4 in 30 years wow. did you know that if i went if i went to that seller the same seller that's selling that five hundred thousand dollar house i said mr and mrs seller i'll give you six hundred thousand dollars for your house a whole hundred k more than you're asking but let me give you twenty five hundred dollars a month principal only payments no interest 
Personal payments. Do you know what happens to this deal? This deal gets paid off 10 years earlier. This, you pay, listen to me, listen to me. You paid 100K more. This deal gets paid off in 20 years instead of 30. In 20 years, you've only paid 600. So you didn't pay 1.4 million. You've only paid 600. The seller wins because they got a whole 100K more than asking. You win because you're not paying all that interest. You pay, and you're saving $500 a month in payments. You're saving $500 a month in payments. The house gets paid off 10 years sooner. And you overpaid the seller by a whole hundred grand. And you save on all that interest that you have to pay. This is why I said the banks are the real winners. You know what's so dope about that? (laughs) What's so dope about that? I've told that before. And I tell people about how I don't mind overpaying for a property, depending on how the deal is structured. Depending on the terms. People freak out because they don't understand the (laughs) long-term ramifications of what it costs for money. Yes. Bro, Money bro, people, is, people don't is a very expensive exactly. product. Yeah, talk about it, TJ. Exactly. But people don't understand that our mindsets, the way we're trained about how we buy real estate is based off of our school system and our upbringing. Because we are taught that in order for you to buy real estate, you need a mortgage. In order for you to own a house, you need a mortgage. That's just what we're taught when nothing could be further from the truth. We don't need a mortgage. Mm. <sighs> listen That's ladies good. and gentlemen listen if you do have a mortgage here's what you can do all right all right because you know i i would love i would love to be able to pay no interest all right so here's what we're mm-hmm. talking about what if i could buy what if i could borrow the money from the bank and then have what's called you know a an effective interest rate i know going in how much interest I'm going to pay them. I'm not going to pay them what they want. I know because we've done the math. Based on how much I know I'm going to pay you, then I can then I can do a new calculation, which is the effective interest rate. So by looking at the amount of interest that I will pay on this, my effective interest rate is less than 1%. Mm. So if I can get that money at less than 1%, now it will pay me to borrow the money and use my other money to invest, you see? So what we're trying to do is figure out when you're leveraging, you want to, you want to make sure that you're maximizing the leverage. How do I pay the least to get the most Most. when I understand how to read an amortization schedule because we have not been taught to read one. I love the, I love that deal that you you just, you just talked about and understanding both sides of the deal. What we need to understand is not interest rate, but interest cost and then how to minimize it. Because I heard somebody say just a little while ago, you make money in real estate when you buy. Did I hear Mm -hmm. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. That was me. That was you. Okay, okay. So now we're going to talk. <laughs> now we're going to look at. Now we're going to look at. Well, this is what it would normally cost to borrow this money, but here's how much it's going to cost me to borrow this money. So I get the asset. I get the asset at seventy-five or eighty percent off. I love if it. I know that going in, that's a game changer. 
I love yeah, it. Man. Listen, listen. I want to. I want to check out. Um, we got we got uh, brother E. T. Williams. Um, you know what I mean, the motivational king when it comes to speaking. I want to hear what he has to say about this, and then after that, we're gonna come back and look at. TJ's brand new boutique hotel. We're going to look at what it looks like for you to be at the top of the market. TJ is going to show us exactly what his listing looks like. And so what you can do is take, use this as a benchmark for yours. But before we do that, we're going to talk with our sponsor and let Mr. ET come and share with us what it looks like to own that property and get that debt at a much cheaper cost. Let's go ahead and roll that clip. Listen to me, y'all. But one of his mentees took us through one of their programs and I paid off my mortgage. But guess what happened? My marriage went to a whole nother level. And you know why? Because my wife is a security freak. And even when I blew up, my wife would be like, oh, you blew up, but how long is you gonna keep making this kind of money? I was like, I don't know, forever. <laughs> She's like, you sure? Because I'm gonna keep my license as a nurse just in case you don't. So when I paid the house off, my boy was like, you ain't gotta do that, you can do this. But when I paid the house off using that program, it took the stress level all the way down from my wife because we no longer had a mortgage. Does that make sense? That thing that was coming every month that was getting on our nerves, we didn't have that no more. And so she was at rest. UK.com, ice10k.com and get your earnings and savings report. Um, that's going to be critical and you could get that for free as well. So you definitely want to go ahead and get that, uh, go to ice 10 k.com for your free savings and earnings report. So you can just learn more about how to get ahead of the curve when it comes to paying off debt at a much cheaper price. I think he said some, an effective interest rate of somewhere around 1%. That's what we're talking about. So just want to highlight that, but, uh, I want to I want to get to TJ. TJ, look at oh my god, look at this, my Jesus! Oh, look like a hotel. Nah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, so some of the, some of our rooms are are double, right? Because you know how you go to a hotel. You go, hey, do you want two 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 beds or, or a single king or two queens? So we have a two queen option and a single king option um, for our listings and. Um, and so, you know, of course, they're all full suites. See those floors? Mm. See, that's why <laughs> those floors are glossy. Like that's porcelain. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's, that's, you, see why the budget, you see why that it budget went up? <laughs> it look, <laughs> bro, it look, it look What's going on uh, with the gloss? This, Rick, the, the 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 cabinets are the of the European gloss style, smooth, bro. So these Yo. are different from the shaker style cabinets that we were gonna do. You know what I'm saying? So you see why the budget went up? We did some upgrades to it, man. And every single thing that you see, bro, I picked it out. I picked, you know, I designed it. I, you know, there's wallpaper everywhere that you see. All oh, this is wallpaper because, um, you know, we use a lot of wallpaper. Just like any hotel, you'll see a lot of wallpaper being used. Of course, everything's a full suite, full wash and dryer. This is one of the king suites. Uh, wallpaper. I also like using wallpaper because you don't have to use so much art when you use wallpaper. But uh, but yeah, man. I mean, you know, a few of these, you know, these 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 go shoot. <laughs> these go. A lot. It looks so good. It looks like it look it looks fake. <laughs> it's like, it's like the fake fake. It looks fake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it looks fake. That's another thing too. Like you know, kind of like hotels. You know, a lot of this stuff is built in, 
right? So we even built in like the charging stations and things like that. That we had to a lot of, have a lot of loose items because one thing we realized too, like preservation and preservation of your listing comes from the amount of cleanliness has to happen to all these listings. So the 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 least stuff that has to be moved around, the better, right? And another thing that we that we started doing is we started using beds, beds that have um, where is this one? You can't even see under the bed, but the, there's no real under the bed. Like there's no space. Like so, they're platform style beds. Like hotels. That's nothing like hotels do, um, which also uh, plays a big role in like the cleanliness and and uh, and how and how kind of the longevity piece of it. You know what I mean? So. Um, so yeah, we just came in, you know, got want to come in with some really nice stuff. We get actually getting some new photos, kind of retake some, some photos re redone, especially for some of our other units. And, uh, yeah, more, be more than happy to come back and share those two, uh, for the next time. But, but yeah. So what's the average cost of a, of a two bedroom over there? Uh, like to rent out as an STR or like to buy? No, no, to rent out as an STR. Oh, uh, the 28 days, something like that. Oh, the 28 days are probably... Yeah, yeah, 28 days. Well, so they get a discount, though, right? And so that's another thing. We use a lot of discounts and rule sets for the way we do our price. And we price very similar to the way hotels do. And um, and so if they book if they book for 30 days, they'll pay a lower ADR than if they booked for one week. You know what I mean? So, But for 30 days, they'll probably pay about, I don't know, probably twenty six, twenty eight hundred. For each one bedroom suite. Oh, for one bedroom, twenty six hundred. Yeah, for one for about twenty twenty six twenty eight hundred for one bedroom for a month. Sound bad. Not too crazy. Cost, not too crazy. Missing is the gold bars on the table, man. You said that's all you're missing, man. You get gold bars. <laughs> <laughs> we just did one of our one bedroom suites for thirty two. That's probably the most we've done it though. So, but that's not a normal though. Uh, we're right around twenty eight hundred for a month. Man, so real nice. quick. I want to. I want to see what Noble. I want to. I want to. I want to get Noble in on this, man, because I know that Noble is in an extremely profitable zone, as well. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who is they're looking at Airbnb, right? Because I'm gonna say Airbnb. I know most people review this. I mean, they they view it as short term rental, right? But I'm just talking um, Airbnb. They're wanting to get into the space. And they want to be they want to be profitable and competitive. What would you say they need to focus more so on? And what are some of the things that they need to focus less on if they want to be successful in 2024 and beyond? Yeah, good question. I hope you can hear me. I was getting a freezing frame. Um, so if you're just getting started, if you're just getting started, the, the most important thing you can do is make sure you're making a wise investment. So it, especially if you're purchasing, like TJ said, you know, make the, the money's made when you buy, um, making sure the numbers work as a as a traditional, uh, you know, as a traditional uh, real estate investment property um, before the icing on the cake of leveraging as the STR. Um, but if you're getting in, maybe you're doing an arbitrage or something like that. Um, the first thing is just uh, un un understanding the game first. So even though Airbnb, good or bad, you know, has its, its ups and downs, its challenges, its bonuses, um, start on the platform anyway. 
because it's good training wheels. It's a good way to cut your teeth to get kind of ingrained in the business of hosting. Uh, we're, we're all in the business of hospitality, understanding like what that looks like and how that works and kind of, um, you know, just get get used to the, the business of it. Right. Um, but then sooner rather than later. Um, try to start to uh, build your own book of business off platform. You do not want to find yourself in a situation, in my opinion, where you become dependent on these platforms feeding you uh, leads. OK, uh, because it, anything can break at any given time. So the sooner that you can get to a position where you're developing your own book of business, direct bookings across a number of different verticals. Um, to me, that's where the real meat on the bone is. Um, that's where you can establish some longevity in the space, build out a brand for yourself, if you will. Um, and then you and then the profit margins just can go through the roof. Right. Just depending on different verticals. So that would be my like quick two quick two tips for somebody who's looking to get started. I got a question for you, Noble. If you can break it down, how you got nine units making sixty five thousand. Because that ain't regular. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, a lot of people may not understand how you can make sixty five thousand off of nine units. I never heard of it before. So if you can break that down for the audience. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, so real quick, <clears throat> one of the things that we did a couple of years into the business, like I said, we started concentrating on, Hey, where can we go out and generate that direct business? So one of those avenues was the federal government. So we were saying, we kind of started doing some stuff with the military and then we transitioned into doing some government contract stuff. Right. And so, um, so I, I I did have a background in the technology space in my W two years of doing some contract um, stuff in that space. So I did have some familiarity with it. So fast forward into the STR space, um, we found an opportunity with a company that was um, holding a DOD contract, a Department of Defense contract, uh, whereby they were required to provide training and recertification for these uh, uh, these pilots and mechanics, right? So these pilots and mechanics uh, would uh, fly to the area and would go through either two or four weeks worth of training and recertification. And so once we identified this opportunity, we realized that, hey, there is a, a, a need for a lodging. There's a lodging component that is a part of this overall larger comp uh, contract whereby they're housing these people as they come into town. So we said, we, we wanna be on that list of providers alongside some of the limited state properties, your Holiday and Express, your Fairfield Inn, some of those players, right? So we were able to get in and provide uh, our short-term rental units for that purpose, right? So what we did was uh, we we understood that the uh, pilots were coming in in 30-day intervals for this training recertification. So we said, um, we're going to put them up in our one-bedroom units, okay? Now, the thing about government contracting and, and, and the federal space is understanding what is called the GSA rate, Government Service Administration Lodging Per Diem Rate. So the government will pay or reimburse a federal employee, contractor, service member, whatever, on a nightly basis up to a certain ceiling. Okay, up to a certain ceiling. So that rate is is varies, you know, by region or city across the country. So you can kind of Google that GSA lodging per diem and look it up for your area. But here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, um, where, where we're housing them, that rate once is one sixty seven a night, right? So we said we're gonna put these pilots in one bedroom units because they're here for thirty days, okay? And so that rate is one sixty seven a night times thirty days. That's five thousand ten dollars, right? per one bedroom unit. Okay. And so 
we said, okay, like this is dope, but because these mechanics are coming in for um two week intervals, we said um they're in for a less period of time. We're gonna put them in our two bedroom, two bath units, right? So they could share a common living, a common bath. But because there's two mechanics, we're able to charge that same GSA rate, 167 a night, but then double up on it because there's a two bed, there's a second bedroom and second bathroom. So those two bedroom units are making 167 a night times 30 nights times two people. So that's ten thousand twenty dollars a month. So between the the um, one bedroom and two bedroom units is a total of nine. That's how we get to sixty five k a month just on those nine units, right? And that's under wow. one contract, right? And so we have we have two. We have a second one uh, that we're also doing a, a similar model with, uh, but huge huge revenue, huge profit margins on those. And here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. These are multi-year contracts. These are multi-year contracts. Traditionally, they'll go for upwards of five years, sometimes six years, okay, wow. um, for these type of lodging contracts. Yes. Um, so that's why we love it so much, but that's how we get to that 65K with nine doors. My Jesus. I mean, look. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, this is wild. Uh, TJ, what would you say, man? Can, what would you say for somebody that's new jumping into the space? You know, I, what would you say that they can win and where do you see those windows of opportunity now and how do they avoid the pitfalls if they do want to take advantage of this space that is rapidly growing mm-hmm. from a profit standpoint, but you got to be good. You got to be good. The mediocre is dying yeah. out. What would you say? Yeah, the mediocre is down now. Um, well, it starts with the acquisition. However you get the property, um, there's still opportunity in co-hosting. There's still opportunity in arbitraging. Um, you just have to know what you're doing in those areas. But my, I'm speaking specifically in ownership because people lose their shirt when it comes to the ownership piece. Um, buying right. The fact that you're making an Airbnb shouldn't even be – I mean, yes, that's that's – the exit, but honestly, your Airbnb number shouldn't even be part of the equation as to when you're underwriting that deal. Shouldn't even be part of the equation. Um, so buy property, buy right, and, and you'll be okay. Um, so it's all that research, the research that you need to do. You got to understand the numbers going into it. I always say, just like uh, we hear from Chris Senegal all the time, what you need to make any deal works. And he's actually right. You need the time and experience. You need the opportunity and you need the money. You, you go bring the opportunity and bring the time, you can make a deal work. Bring the opportunity and the time, you'll make a deal work for sure. I love it. Man. Hey, my boy Al's, <laughs> we got to get some red in there. Okay, I feel you. Red does stand out. Red stands out. We'll, um, he said, we got too much alpha. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, that's my, that's my, that's my Kappa brother right there, though, so it's cool. <laughs> what's, you gonna so, say? what's next for y'all fellas man what's, what's next for y'all are you uh, TJ, are you fully switching transition to boutique hotels and hotels yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's 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 what's literally yeah that's all we're underwriting right now um this year it's just you know we're we're focused on that that's literally all we're underwriting right now is uh is hotel products so you're not messing with single family unless it's, i guess it's an amazing deal you're taking but you right, right, right. Like, I'm, ironically, I'm gonna go look at a single family tomorrow. But it's just literally somebody sent it to me. Just we might not even keep it. That might just be a flip, honestly. So we'll see. But TJ, you have some. Sing- you have a lot of single families, right? No, uh, well, yeah, I've gotten, I've sold a few of yeah, them. Like, I have. Yeah, I have. Um, 
Yeah, I have uh, duplexes and single family. I still have three duplexes. So you sold the one you had over in Northside Village? Which one? Wait, uh, the single family? It was. I think it was a duplex. Northside Village. Is that what, Fifth Ward? Yeah. No, no, I still have that one. Still got that. You ain't getting Yeah, I still have that one. No, I ain't, no, I'm not selling that one. <laughs> I mean, kind so of the arbitrage you have. <laughs> you, you plan on keeping uh, the arbitrage yeah. you have, or you still like uh, I've gotten got, I've gotten rid of a lot of my arbitrage deals. It just has to make sense. Um, but I don't, you know, it's interesting. I don't tell a lot of people that I don't do arbit that I'm not that I've gotten rid of a lot of my arbitrage deals because, you know, for one, a lot of people know that I do arbitrage, which is still great. It's still a viable business model to do. You just have to be very careful with arbitrage these days. You gotta know what you're doing. Um, with it, so I don't tell people that I'm that I've gotten got rid rid of all of my arbitrage. And it's not that they suck; they just they just want serving a business as much as it was before. It's just not the the three to five hundred dollar net a month that we'll get from it. It's just not worth even the distance that it was from all of our units over here that we're managing a whole lot better. So it just didn't fit as as much as it did anymore. So we got rid of a lot of those. Um, but uh, again, I don't tell people that because they feel like, oh, well, arbitrage, TJ's not doing arbitrage, so arbitrage doesn't work. I'm not saying it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying it doesn't work. We're just pivoting a little bit. That's all. Got what, What's next for you, Noble? What you got, what you, you got uh, cooked? Yeah. Yeah. So real quick too, on to TJ's point. So we don't actively seek out arbitrage units anymore ourselves unless, unless there's a, a deal that's already been contracted, right? So if we if we if we if we land a contract, we'll get the contract first, and we'll leverage the contract to then go get the doors, right, to support it. So in that and we, regard, we'll use arbitrage. So when you do arbitrage, you're connecting with hotels and not really apartments. So you do either one. It's a good question. Good question. So so we'll do both. We'll do we'll do both. There is a so here's why I, I love what TJ's doing. And uh I, I this is where we're going next with the whole hotel space and the boutique space. There is a play for not owning the asset, not even controlling the asset, but to profit off the asset. And that's what hotels, if you're not in a situation or a position like TJ where he owns the hotel property, you can still make positive cash flow with hotels in government contracts and so it's called hotel brokering right where you play the middleman you put the hotel under contract those rooms under contract and then you resell them upsell them if you will to the federal government okay and you so you're not you keep that spread. Yeah, yeah you keep that spread and it's yeah. still a five-year deal it's still I, I had a student i haven't talked about this on social media had a student recently closed a 5.4 million a 5.4 million hotel only broker deal that's it. Mm. And and it was in Iowa of all places. It's a five-year deal. So here's what happens. He's not dealing with any cleaning, uh, housekeeping. He's not dealing with check-in, check-out. He's not dealing with continental breakfast, shuttle service, any of that stuff. He's collecting a check from the government once a month. He's paying a hotel once a month. Okay? That's the extent That's of when he manages that relationship between the two. That's the extent of what he, what he does. Okay? And so... Um, so there's very much, and if you own the asset, you own the hotel. Oh my gosh, like it, it, it's, it's, it's going through the yes, you're maximizing all of that, right? And so, um, 
so so that's aside from the uh, aviation stuff that's the stuff that still has me jacked up right and then also you know kind of helping my students with these wins and stuff but uh there's just there, there, there's there's a ton of opportunity in the real estate space there are real estate opportunities with government contracts that can go 10 to 30 years damn yeah yes yes 10 to 30 years OK, they they there's there's opportunities that the government is buying land, leasing land, leasing commercial space. Um, it, it, it runs the gamut. So if you're in the real estate space, there's a play that you can that, that, that you can put in a put in a place um, where you can profit off of it. Right. And if, if you have an age, if you're an agent, you have your license or if you were a, a broker. Oh, my gosh. So I, I talk about lodging accommodations and housing because that's kind of the niche that I play in. But there's so much more under the real estate umbrella available to people in the government contracting side. Tell me this, you know, you mentioned this um, and I think it's important for everybody to kind of pay attention to. One thing I'm hearing when I'm listening to Noble and when I'm listening to TJ, right? What they're doing, both of them, they're innovating inside of a space and finding a niche, Right. And they're finding a niche where there's a blue ocean. This is what I'm hearing. Maybe you're hearing this too, O. And I think what's so dope about it is that Noble found a niche and a blue ocean where he literally has no competition. Matter of fact, the only competition that Noble has is the competition that he teaches you on today's broadcast. That's it. Nobody else is in his space. TJ is in the boutique hotel space where he's taking assets. Listen to me now. Assets that a lot of big time uh, apartment complex owners, you know, you like your, your Grant Cardones, they don't want apartment complexes less than 100 units, right? Oh, they don't want nothing less than 100 units. Matter of fact, they would look at these little small apartment complexes that TJ owns and be like, Yo, a lot like, of people don't look at those. What what can we do with this? These are mom and pop shops. Yeah, most right? people want 50 units plus. They want 50 plus units. Well, TJ is saying, nah, give me that 30 unit joint over here, right? I'm going to convert it into uh, a luxury hotel, right? And give somebody a unique experience right. from a short-term rental standpoint. Can y'all just speak to the mindset of the person who is getting into the business and they're, they're, they maybe had a coach, maybe they learned some things on the internet, but then they did not think to innovate beyond those basic things that they learned. Because I'm sure in order to get into the niches that you guys are in, y'all had to run into some brick walls. I know TJ ran into brick wall after brick wall, just building out his boutique hotel, just dealing with the city here in Houston. Can you speak to that? Uh, the mindset that kind of kept you moving forward when you didn't even have a necessary blueprint for what you was doing, TJ? Yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot. <laughs> you just got to – I mean, for me, I just kept – you keep the end in mind, right? When you keep the end of it's a lot easier to keep it going, right? When you remember that, all right, this is this is an investment. You understand that you got, you know, you got capital into it. You keep the end in mind because and, – and you prepare for – the downside, that's another thing. Just kind of going to another, okay, I know things are not going to be perfect. Um, my team's in place and we're ready to handle whatever may come our way. So, um, but, you know, keeping it in the mind as well allows us to be resilient even when things go away, for sure. 
Hmm. Yeah, because I know you had issue after issue after issue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. getting that 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 uh that that hotel built out. And um shoot, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. A lot of people, a lot of folk quit, man. You know how many projects. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you if anybody on this call could do me a favor, just go drive your neighborhood and go look at all of the construction projects that hit a pause. And you like, damn, like, wait a minute, they just put the framing up, but damn, they just put the Tyvek up and just left that some bitch. Just it's hard. <laughs> like it's hard. A lot of people don't understand it. It's 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 a level of mental fortitude. It's a level of stick to itness that some people just don't have. They leave projects just vacant, just sitting there because they did not have the ingenuity to keep it going. Um, and I know, like, even with Noble, I know you've dealt with tons of things that blocked you from being able to get into this government contracting world that I don't, I don't even think a lot of people even know exists, right? People know it's, it's one of those things people know it exists, but they don't know how to get in it. And then the thought of the calls you would have to make, the thought of the no's that you would have to face in order to even broach it, to be honest with you, man, it just, it, it, it intimidates a lot of people and they just, they give up before they even start. Facts, facts. So um, you hit on something key. Um, it's this space is very much just a marathon, not a sprint. Okay, like most entrepreneurial endeavors, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, right? And so, um, you have to, uh, you have to get comfortable one with being uncomfortable, right? You have to get comfortable and used to hearing no. You should almost, uh, you know, want to hear no. The more no's you hear, you're going to lead to a yes. Um, but you have to have a level of confidence really that almost transcends realism right it just doesn't make sense to most people right almost uh as i heard a gentleman call it a delusional confidence right in in, in yourself uh because you're going to experience uh multiple roadblocks and hang-ups and you know uh periods of you know just not not seeing results right um and so you 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 gotta have the right mindset to be able to push through that stuff right because the 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 rich the richness the riches are on the other side of that and so um so i think that's key like you you just have to expect that you're going to experience some trial and tribulation and and it's just part of the process it's part of the growth process of any entrepreneur um and you gotta you gotta push through that um and you have to have a, a a a mentality and a mindset of abundance and not lack um, if you're always thinking, woe is me, the negative, oh, this could go wrong, that could go could go wrong, guess what's gonna happen? Just that, right? Um, so you have to you have to feed yourself, um, get in the right circles, feed yourself um with you know uh with, with positive and educational and useful content and information that you can then take massive action on, right, and continue to take massive action on for the extended period of time because there's none of this stuff is get rich quick right this is not overnight success none of us built what we built overnight this is years in the making right and so but that's the mentality you have to have and the confidence level that you have to have um you know to make to make any of this stuff work quite frankly i got a question for both of y'all what's your thoughts you know somebody want to get in this game right now you know mm-hmm. what do you think Either their credit score need to be or how much money they need to have to actually get in this business right now. Like I said, it changed. Not the same like it was back then. You just go Craigslist, pick up a few couches, you know, and throw it in a house. So what do y'all suggest? I think uh, 
TJ, you use a square price per square foot model, right? Yeah, I mean, if um, in terms of furnishing, I'll probably say, um, you know, you could you can furnish a unit. You know, I, right now I'm probably averaging about six dollars and fifty cents a square foot to furnish my listings. Um, but you know, I have really good relationships in the city as well, and you know, we have our furniture for pretty pretty low prices, especially like our big stuff. Now, most of a lot of our stuff, we just shop on Amazon, right? Shop on Overstock, Amazon, Wayfair, uh, Sam's, Costco. We're we're everywhere with it. Um, but we have like our core, and we get a lot of our stuff for pretty pretty cost effective price, especially our local stuff. Now, I would always tell people just just budget for about ten dollars a foot to furnish. Just budget for ten dollars a foot. Honestly, if you budget for nine dollars a foot, you'll be fine. That's that you 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 most likely be in range at nine dollars a foot, but um, you know, I remember when I first got started, I, bur- I furnished my very first listing at like $11 a foot. Right. Um, but you know, and I went in there thinking I was going to spend about 20, $20 a foot. So it wasn't anyway, even there what I thought it was, but nonetheless, that's what I would say. I'll say budget for about nine to $10 a foot to furnish. What you thought about that, uh, Nova? Yeah, I think he's right in the ballpark. I was going to say around 10. Um, you know, so we've been in situations where uh, we we haven't spent enough. We've been in situations where we've overspent Over. um, to the tune of $23 a square foot. Okay. Um, what that overspend so look like? Like, what, what, where, where that money going? Like, you get some uh, just top tier high end, Like, extremely high end uh, furnishings, decor, um, the, the, you know, the, the whole nine. Now, Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I can say that we we overspent for that for that property based on the uh, type of client that we ended up putting in there. But um, you know, there are some properties, some luxury properties, some high end like vacation rental properties where you can spend that, and it's a, an investment. It's a worthwhile investment. So part of that is just understanding your client avatar, right? And, and TJ and I, we, you know, we we have a similar background, and so you'll hear in the space this analogy of uh, you know the the Walmart Target Nordstrom analogy, and and, and honestly, like like that still exists, right? So um, there is a a certain type of guest and a certain type of property, right? Whether it's that Walmart target a Nordstrom level guest or property, um, but you want to furnish accordingly, right? Um, based on that client avatar. And uh, so, but $10 a uh, square foot is, 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 is pretty spot on. I, I think you can definitely outfit a property at that price point. I like it. So, to, to, so for anybody can get started with the government contracts or you think they need some type of experience in the hospitality business before they get started that's you know what i'm saying that's some crazy numbers but you know i'm sure you got you also got to be in compliance you know you got to have your taxes done sure yeah, great um, question. you got to give the sams you got to get a lot of things before you jump into that so do you recommend anybody can start in the government contracting or they need to maybe get a two airbnbs operate them learn the business then jump into the government contracting space or what's your actual thoughts about that Great question. So the biggest, one of the biggest much. things, one too much, <laughs> wrong, you know, they see that money, but they, they don't, they don't think about the work. They don't think about all the stuff required to get to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. Um, one of the biggest things that the government likes to see is experience. 
or past performance, what they call past performance. So they love it when you come to the table and whatever product or service that you're selling them, you have experience with that product or service. Like that, it, that helps you exponentially, right? So I would say for somebody who is entering the space, like cut your teeth, like I said earlier, cut your teeth on Airbnb, get accustomed to hosting, get accustomed to accommodating uh, different types of clients and stuff like that, right? Build a small book of business or whatever, right? And then, you know, start looking at some other direct B2B booking strategies, including, you know, government contracting stuff. Now, with that said, um, you know, we're talking about primarily real estate related stuff, but quite frankly, um, you know, the government buys a little bit of everything. And so if you have experience in something totally different, like don't let that exclude you thinking, you, hey, I'm going to get in just doing something real estate related, like leverage your background or for something you have experience with, even it's a side job or, and you enjoy it, like leverage that because that experience can pay benefits. And then once you are, are, are ready to kind of get started and become a vendor with the federal government, then you need to go through the registration process. And so quick version of that is make sure your business is in order, right? Make sure that your taxes are caught up, you know, um, stuff like that. Cause uh, their system talks with the IRS system. They talk to each other. And so you, you, you definitely want to make sure you, you have your boxes checked before you start going through that uh, application process. And real quick, uh, Darby says, how do you find these contracts? How do you find them? Yeah. Great question. Uh, so a couple of ways, a lot of people, uh, what's common is just going on Sam.gov because they do list stuff publicly on Sam.gov and you can look at it. Even if you, you're not registered, you can go and look at some stuff that they list. Sam, in my opinion, is considered like the parking lot, right? Of government contracts. So you, you know, you had big mall parking lot. You don't remember where you parked. You got to go find your car. Right. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's listed on Sam and, and you know, you got to go look and find and search and do all this and that. And that's great. And you can uncover some opportunities there, but there's so much more than that. Right. A lot of opportunities are um, can be uncovered at the agency level. So you have these different departments like Department of Defense, for example, or Department of Justice. Um, and then you have agencies under those departments. So like under the Department of Justice, you have ATF, FBI. Right. And then at those agency levels, there are small business liaisons. There are what are called OSDEBU personnel, the Office of uh, Small Business Development Utilization. Um, and so you can get access to opportunities through knowing who the decision makers are and the right players, right? And then I teach this strategy called LinkedIn tracing, where you can actually reach out and connect with these people. So there's, the, and then there's other platforms where opportunities, you can source opportunities too, right? But um, Sam is probably kind of the, the big parking lot that most people go to. So that's the short answer. And uh, V Cooper said, um, and I would love to get your take and, and TJ's take on this. She says, I'm considering getting into STR, but the squatting situation is scary. Is that even something to really worry about um, if you got your paperwork and your stuff together? What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't let it be a determinant factor at all. That wouldn't be a deal breaker um, for a business. I mean, just like there's not a business that you probably would start that wouldn't have something scary to be worried about, quote unquote, right? Um, so I wouldn't let this, I wouldn't definitely not squatting. Um, there are scarier things to <laughs> let me not scare you even more. <laughs> you can mess this business up outside of squatting, trust me on that. Uh, it's not the scariest thing. I wouldn't let that stop you. 
and you can and you can and there are provisions that things you can put in place. We discuss a lot of things that you can literally do to minimize that the chances of that happening. Got one more question, man. How, what TJ? What's the importance of building your hospitality brand? George, a brand, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, what's the, yeah, what's yeah. The so. So the brand, the brand is important. The brand is important um, because when you start building a hospitality brand, that means now you're 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 building direct business, right? Now, when you have a brand, you're not you don't have to rely on any one OTA for business. And the bigger your brand gets, the bigger business that you can do, and the more business that you can do outside of the platforms, which is honestly um, what you want. Um, there's a reason why. A lot of these sites and these softwares and these tech sites and even Instagram, Airbnb, they don't want you to have people's information like their email address, phone numbers like that's their asset because they know that that's where the value is. That's where the money is. That's where that's what they use to grow their brand per se. And so, uh, yeah, brand growing is important in this business. If you want to get out of kind of that that wheel of relying on the OTAs for bookings, then you should definitely um, build a brand. Talk about that, nope. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. I mean, so so we 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 actually have multiple, and they're specific to some of the uh, some of the uh, verticals that we cover. Um, but at the end of the day, like you you have to be able to target that um, you know that specific type of client that you're looking to to service. And the best the best way to do that is through your own brand. Right. So, again, um, as you build out your book of business, whether you're going direct, even if you're on the platforms, um, you can still be building out your book of business on the side. But you need to do that under the umbrella of a of a brand. Um, and, 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 and that's how you get, start to generate repeat business and repeat revenue. Um, and, and, uh, there's a, we could go in, down a wormhole with that. Uh, but there's so many benefits to doing business under a brand umbrella as just opposed to, Hey, I'm, I myself noble have these properties available. So. Wow. Interesting stuff. Love it. Um, I know that, uh, I know Noble, you have helped a lot of people in the uh, government contracting space from the short-term rental perspective. Um, what would you say if anybody wanted to reach out to you, what would they reach out to you if they wanted to learn more about that particular space? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, first of all, I, I, I appreciate it. Byron O'Neill, man, for y'all just having, having me on this morning. I love talking about this stuff and, and just add value where I can. But for folks that have any interest, they can just hit me on IG. I'm, I'm always in my DM. So you just DM me on IG. It's uh, noble.crawford.3. Um, that's the easiest way to get me. If you have any questions, um, I, I, I usually respond there. So, absolutely. TJ I'm here. Uh, yeah, TJ at TJ to Johnny. Um, at TJ to Johnny, um, definitely tapping with me. I'm gonna be announcing. Um, we're doing a. We're gonna be doing a two day event, a virtual event, where we're gonna be teaching creative acquisitions to owning these Airbnbs, how to buy these Airbnbs profitably, creatively, creatively. So we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be doing that. Um, that, that definitely that website is strromap.com slash workshop, strromap.com slash workshop. I want to, um, I was trying to 
put it on here, but it's making me log into like YouTube to even be able to do that. And it's not even letting me log in, which is weird. But anyway, <laughs> um, March 25th and 26th, if y'all want to, um, if y'all look into that, uh, but yeah, definitely reach out to me on Instagram at TJ Tijani at TJ T I J A N I. Send me a DM, reach out to me and, uh, we can definitely get that there. Oh man. I love it. I love it. This has definitely been a masterclass, Darby. You, you write about that. This is masterclass level content. Um, listen, I know that some, sometimes, you know, when, when we have this kind of content, it, 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 it can be so hot level and so packed full of gems. You almost feel like you need to, you know, go get your notepad and, and write some of this stuff down um, because it's that packed full of just good sauce. Today was a saucy day. Oh, what you think about that? Yeah. Sometimes you got to take time with the content. It's just too much at one time. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot today, man. Check it out. Um, look at it. Rewind it. Check it out. Look at it. Rewind it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to watch it multiple times. Got to really dodge it like a good book. Sometimes you got to read a good book. Sometimes, same like a good movie. Sometimes you got to watch them all the time. You're missing out things every time you watch. So, this is one of them things. This is one of the ones. So, another thing I mentioned in the beginning, we did podcasts with both of these guys. Got to make sure you go check them out. Noble broke down all the situations with the flight attendants, with the, uh, the government contract. You got to check it out. TJ was the first podcast we ever dropped. So make sure y'all check out both of them so you can go in detail of what these guys got going on. Absolutely. But I mean, you, they, they definitely got some money to be made in the short-term rental space. Because looking from the outside, look like it ain't doing too hot, but it really is. It really is. If you listen to the headlines, that's the key thing. Yeah. Listening to the headlines, you're going to get it wrong. Facts. Um, and it, you know, and it, and it just speaks to business in general, man. You know, you're going to have ebbs and flows in business. And the weirdest thing is the headlines always are behind. They probably, they always about six months behind the opportunity. By the time you hear that Airbnb is good again, it's not going to be good no more. So, so by the time you hear about the real estate market being good again, it's not going to be good. no more. It's going to be over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So all the good yeah. deals gone. Yeah. So the way you find that information out, honestly, is is coming to places like this because we're bringing in experts that are doing it now, not Current. theoretically, not you know. I'm just promoting the course, but I don't really do the business like that no more. No, 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 no. Now happening now. That's that's the information you want, um, because that's that's the real. You know what I mean? And these guys are talking about stuff that you won't hear about in the headlines till probably a year from now. So, yeah. listen, I'm just saying. I hope y'all learned some valuable information from two giants in the short terminal space. Man, you hear you know TJ making over twenty thousand a month for one property, Noble making sixty five thousand nine, making five thousand profit from one single family. I don't know nobody else oh, making five thousand a month from one single family. If y'all know nah. somebody, I'd love to see it in the comments. And I want to see some, some receipts. Not happening. Yeah, because this, this ain't regular. So make sure y'all tune in. Y'all, y'all, y'all follow them on Instagram, shoot them a DM. They got courses. Check them out. And uh man, stay in tune with what's going on. With that being said, we out. Peace. Make sure y'all like the video too, man. Like this shit. Share it out to the people. We out of here. Peace. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow-up. We struggle with leads. 
And we just basically were missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. I'm about to show y'all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure y'all check it out. Peace. Hey, bye.